Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the Spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert. Joined, as always, by Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Doing well. Had a real good day, and now I'm happy to talk about wrestling. Also, tonight, after the show, don't know how long the stream will be. I got to be out of there by 8 p.m., but me and Joel are going to play some Mario Kart between this Uh, show and and 8 p.m. So, depending on how long this runs, it might be a half-hour-long Twitch stream. It might be an hour long. It might be 15 (laughs) minutes. I don't know, but I'm going to be on there until 8 p.m., so, uh, so yeah, this, this has been a good day. How you been, man? I, I am well. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Everyone can can go over there. We had a No Mercy stream uh, this past week. I'm probably going to do another No Mercy stream maybe tomorrow. Uh, I, I think I'm going to jump on Twitch at some point tomorrow. Uh, Joel Pearl was with me. Jared Bailey was with me. We were talking about cyber sex and, and other fun stuff on the No Mercy stream and, you know, and playing No Mercy. So that I, I was uh, very fun. I saw the... Uh the thumbnail on my youtube was very throwing around and it was like blackman and cybering or something yeah I was like, very oh, happy that's pretty funny that's pretty very funny. happy with that that thumbnail choice uh jj wants to know if you're going to be in uh impact tapings for atlanta in atlanta for impact tapings. when are they uh, i have no idea jj let us know when they are I know, I know AEW announced they're going to be a, near Atlanta again, I think in like July. And I always make it a point to go to AEW. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm definitely interested in going to Impact. It just depends on what days it is and, you know, if I can be there. But I'm absolutely open to it. I've gone to Impact shows uh, live before. And I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely interested. I just need to kind of know more about it. I feel like we could set something up with uh, Impact as well to, to do some interviews and stuff as, as well. Yeah, I remember years ago, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit as we get started here on the show, but when I, right when I first started at Fightful, 
Sean hooked me up with like getting into an impact show at the Nashville fairgrounds. And like, there was like a, a, like a communication error. And I just like wound up not going to the show. And I always felt so bad about it. Cause I was like, man, I really wish I was there. And like, I didn't want anyone to get in trouble. And ever since then, I'm like, I got to make it a point. Like if I can get into impact shows, I'm going to go to impact shows. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely interested. JJ says it's a uh, July against all odds, uh, in tapings. So the, the impact special impact plus special against all odds and the tapings. Yeah. Some point in July. I think Sean had that on, on Fightful Select. So subscribe to Fightful Select to learn the actual date. We're not just going to give you the date here on the show, even though I spoil a bunch of stuff on the show uh, anyway. Hey, but there's a good chance, though. With it being July, there's a good chance that I'll go. Guys, you can uh, send in your Super Chats, send in your Humper Chats, help support the show, help support what we do here at Fightful. We have a tremendous lineup, quite possibly our best lineup of all time for, for the show today. We're going to start off, and, and we have a major announcement as well. That I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to do it at some point, probably before I, we do Creator Spotlight. I don't even know what major the major announcement is. is. You I know mean, what the major announcement okay, is. Okay, is it about the, like, okay, yes. I, I was, I'm assuming what this is. I saw you teasing a major <laughs> announcement, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I almost just like said that on Twitter the other day, but I was like, maybe Jeremy is going to try to make more out of this than it is. Of course, anyway. I'm doing okay. the full like Tony Khan Twitter bit with the with the show now, since we have like a lineup of topics. I've created a graphic. Did you see my I, very I great graphic? I, I, I had to triple check that that was you <laughs> tweeting it because I would assume maybe like JJ or Rob Wilkins or somebody like had had done the work on that and you were just you were just posting it. But you, you actually put that together yourself. Yeah, I spent way too long on it this morning putting it together. I'm going to do this bit every single week. Just the, the Tony Khan hype bit of like we got the strongest lineup ever, quite possibly our best lineup ever for the show today. I'm going to do this shit every single week. I'm going to do major announcements every week. It's going to be great. People are definitely oh, yeah. aren't going to get sick of this at all. Uh, <laughs> we are going to start off with uh, with Kota Bushi, which is our other spotlight. Mix it up a little bit uh, this week. So Kota Bushi got on Twitter and decided to kind of expose some some text messages between him and somebody in New Japan talent relations and uh i believe it's it's pronounced kiku kikuchi um and i apologize if i i mispronounced that um but him and new japan talent relations basically he was very frustrated uh the, the the person threatened to essentially fire him for making an appearance at a show that wasn't approved by him um Abushi, he wanted him back for Wrestle Kingdom. Abushi got hurt in the G1 final last year. Uh, he wanted him back for Wrestle Kingdom. Abushi wasn't ready. He was announced for the New Japan Cup, and then he got pulled from the New Japan Cup. Reportedly supposed to win the New Japan Cup, he got pulled from it by Kikuchi. Um, and then you know, Abushi was like, "This is power harassment." He was also threatening to expose some some other stuff. The the, the dealings in New Japan. He tweeted the symbol for the Yakuza today. I don't really want to get into that. I value kind of kind of everything in my life too much to get too much <laughs> into that. But a lot going on with Kota Ibushi. He thinks he's going to be fired. He's not been fired. There's been no official statement from him or New Japan that he's been fired. But he's, there's been threats of firing him. He believes he's going to be fired. Where are you at on Kota Ibushi? Because Ibushi's kind of a, a strange cat in, in the first place. Uh, but, man, this is... He could expose a lot of stuff if what he's saying is true. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, even all the way back to like his decision to, to sign with new Japan when he did, when he had the option to basically be a part of the beginning of AEW and like, it's been such a weird trajectory for him, like winning the world title and then losing it to Osprey like a month later or whatever it was. Like, it was like right away. And it, this, this, is this whole thing has just been real weird. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start on all this. I'll start. I'll start with the Yakuza stuff just real quick, and I don't think I'm going to say anything that's going to get us attacked, or, uh, you know, or anything like that. But These like, are all Steven Jensen's. This is all, mine. all my well, <laughs> or fightful. <laughs> well, or right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. This is solely well. You're so you'll know where I'm going with this. You're a lot. You're a lifelong MMA fan as well. Yeah. We saw this happen with Pride FC as well, and I and I and you gotta I gotta keep bringing that example up because it's like. The Yakuza has had their hands in the cookie jar of combat sports, whether it be pro wrestling or, or mixed martial arts or whatever it is, forever. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're involved with New Japan. Like That wouldn't be surprising to me whatsoever. Um, it seems really surprising to a lot of wrestling fans I'm seeing on Twitter that like seem like they had just blown away by this concept. And it's like, I mean, it's just not surprising to me because we saw, we literally saw, I mean, you remember, but for people who might not have been paying attention to MMA back in like the early 2000s, the UFC purchased Pride and they were going to run the company as a separate brand, similar to what Vince wanted to do with WCW when he acquired it and WWF and WCW being different brands. Dana White wanted to do that with Pride. And then it started unraveling the, like how involved the Yakuza was in Pride. And like he had to basically shut the entire thing down. And then just absorb which fighters were still under contract to him and they became UFC fighters. But so that's one layer to it, the Yakuza. I, I don't, I'm not saying they are involved. I'm just saying it's not surprising at all to hear that they might be. Um, when it comes to the other stuff, I mean, from what I could tell, and granted, you know, I obviously I don't speak Japanese. I know that the, some of the stuff has been heavily translated a whole bunch of different times and, you know, yeah, um, shout out to uh, Golden Kuma on on Twitter. He's been the one doing a lot of a lot of the translations, really all the translations that I've used. Um, but I, I think a few other people have been doing it. But he's he's been the person that I've used for for this whole thing. So so shout out to him. Yes. Um. So you know when it comes to what he's saying about the company in this whole thing, once again, it's just all just very bizarre. And I'm not saying he's. Like, I, I believe what he's saying. You know what I mean? I don't know why Abushi would have any reason to, like, even, you know, put himself in this position if it wasn't, you know, if a lot of this stuff probably wasn't true that he's kind of claiming or or kind of threatening to claim in the future and stuff. And, and part of it, from my understanding, from what's been translated and stuff, is that, um, you know, there's some sort of infidelity going on in New Japan that, you know, that he's aware of. Um, there's some sort of you know, something's up with his whole getting, not being able to get cleared to wrestle as well. There's something up with that because he's claiming that he is ready to go and they just keep pulling him last minute. And so part of me from the outside looking in just reckless speculation and nothing that is, you know, I'm just saying as a fan, it almost looks to me like new Japan is preparing to get rid of him and they want to cool him off as much as they can. Like just not have him on TV, not do anything with him. And this hope is kind of his market value is lower, even though it won't be because he'll immediately, but the other side of it too, is he doesn't, I don't think he wants to not live in Japan. I think he wants to stay there. So like, there's just so many layers to all this. And 
I mean, as a fan, I want to see Kota Ibushi in, in AEW. But then there's that whole other side to it, too. Once they, as I say, there's so many layers. Is this going to affect the New Japan AEW relationship? Is this going to affect Forbidden Door? Can Kota Ibushi be a part of Forbidden Door? You know, there's, so there's just so much that comes out of this. Does AEW want to do business with New Japan going forward if enough you know, bad stuff comes out about the way that the company is run? You know, so there could be a massive trickle down effect for this. That doesn't just affect Ibushi or New Japan, or I mean, it could affect multiple wrestling companies. It could affect us as fans. You know, I, um, but at the end of the day, I just want the truth to be out there. You know, like I, you know, if Ibushi has something to say and he feels strongly enough that he has to say it, you know, more power to him. And, and I hope that, you know, I hope justice is served and whatever happens is, is, is meant to happen. But this stuff all came out of left field, man. Like when we had started reading this stuff on Twitter, I was like, whoa, this is, this does not look good. So it all, it all happened on Tuesday when just everything just, he started tweeting stuff and I was actually bedridden on Tuesday. So I didn't see a lot of it. And then when I, I logged on Wednesday morning and kind of caught up on everything, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Bushi is uh, saying some stuff here. Uh, as a, as a wrestling fan, the part that sort of interests me, the most is the stuff where he was seemingly cleared. He was announced for the New Japan Cup, and then he got pulled, and now we don't know when he's going to return. Uh, if I'm Kota Ibushi, I'm pretty frustrated with that as well, especially if I was going to win it. I mean, even if I wasn't going to win it, I'd be frustrated that you're kind of taking away what I love to do and, and not letting me do that right now. So I completely get where he's coming from, with, with that frustration then when it comes to kind of the the extracurricular stuff uh again yakuza stuff i'm gonna stay away from but like you said there were ties with, with pride and, and other M- mma organizations and everything like it, it happens over there uh the infidelity stuff i believe taka was like outed on that and that that became a, a big story over there in japan and that was part of the reason why he was gone for uh winning this time like he was injured but then that that became a very big story and he was like banished from his own dojo over there so like that's that is a a big thing in in japan as well like hey don't don't do that uh so you know he's threatening to kind of expose stuff on that um you know power harassment of like hey i'm gonna just void your contract you can you can walk but if i'm new japan i'm not happy that somebody in talent relations is doing that to koto bushi who is Arguably one of their top stars. I mean, I don't think it's very arguable. Like he is one of their top stars. Like I yeah. love watching Kota Bushi wrestle. The the guy's a draw. He should have held the title for longer. He was the you know the first like the unified champion, whatever that ugly belt uh, is called, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, like he's one of their top guys. So if somebody's management is like, hey, I'm gonna void your contract. If I'm other place, if I'm elsewhere in New Japan, I'm not happy about this. But it seems like maybe Ibushi can't reach them or they won't talk to him. A lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with all of this stuff. As a wrestling fan, I just want to see Kota Ibushi wrestle. I don't know when that'll be. I hope he's there for the G1. I, you're right, JJ. Like If he's not, that is definitely a sign. I imagine they're going to be announcing the G1 lineup pretty soon. Uh, and yeah, if he's not part of that, that is definitely a sign that things aren't great. And yeah, if you look further beyond wrestling, like you were saying, like, New Japan is a very good relationship with AEW right now. They're about to do Forbidden Door. We all kind of thought Ibushi was going to be part of this show because of, of his relationship with, with Omega. You know, Omega wanted him to come to AEW at the time. He signed what he said was a lifetime contract 
with, with New Japan at the time. It turns out, I think Super Jcast said it was like a two-year deal. This is 2019. Obviously, the two years was up. He stayed with New Japan, so we clearly signed another like deal with them. It seems like he wants to stay in Japan, but I still think we all kind of figured he would be part of the Forbidden Door show. Now it's it might not even be, hey, you're not part of the show. It might be, depending on how things are, AEW questions their relationship with New Japan is like, hey, do we want this as like, do we want to be associated with this right now? If it gets to as bad as Abushi is alleging that it could get to. A lot of moving parts. It seems like Kota Abushi, a guy who wants to like sleep for 25 hours in a day, uh, could bring down a lot of stuff here. Again, wrestling fan, speaking purely from that perspective, I want it solved because I want Kota Ibushi uh, to, to wrestle again. Personally, I want it solved because I want Kota Ibushi safe, and it seems like he's very concerned about everything going on right now. Whatever happens, I hope that it works out the best for Kota Ibushi because it seems like above anybody else, he's the one that's being fucked with right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And until more comes out about all this, it's hard to like, you know, we need a lot more information about like a lot of this stuff. But and, and also to both of our points, you know, it, it isn't even just AEW. Like, I mean, New Japan works closely with Impact Wrestling. And, you know, I mean, like there's in, in the other sad thing for New Japan, not not for the people who potentially deserve, you know, some sort of punishment, but for like the wrestlers and like the people the, the fans and stuff new japan is has really hit a hot streak again recently where like they're getting a lot of buzz in the pandemic they they lost all their buzz and it was that was a rough couple of years for new japan and they're finally like getting back on track it seems like and yeah this this isn't good uh it doesn't seem good but once again i i, I want more information to come out before i like have i guess full opinions on it from but from where we're at right now i think i've done a pretty good job kind of letting you know where i'm at you know what i mean i as a fan, just like, yeah, I just want to see Ibushi wrestling. Um, but, and I really want to see him at the Forbidden Door. It would be very weird if he was on Forbidden Door as like an AEW wrestler and not a New Japan wrestler by that time. You know what I mean? Um, or even not on the show at all. So, yeah, I just hope, I just hope they get that all figured out. And whoever needs to get kind of punished for it, you know, it's right. It's rightfully deserved, you know. Guys, everyone follow uh, Golden Kuma on on Twitter. I believe it's Golden underscore Kuma. I, I will double check that because I don't want to give the give the wrong uh, Twitter. But he is the one doing great job translating and like really the way that I've been keeping up with everything. Because if you try to Google, it is Golden underscore Kuma. If you try to like Google Translate Abushi's tweets, uh, they don't make as much sense. Uh, like if you Google translated the one about fired, like he said he had been fired. And if you used Golden Kuma's translation, it was, I think I'm going to be fired. So, you know, go go with those translations uh, with everything. Follow him. He's done a great job keeping everybody up to date. Um, but yeah, hopefully it just, it gets solved again on a personal and professional level for, for Abushi because both are not looking great right now. And it, professionally, it's definitely not looking good. And the way he's kind of tweeting, like personally, he sounds very concerned and worried about like what could happen. So yeah, just wish the best for, for Kota Ibushi in, in both aspects. Speaking of Forbidden Door, Steven Jensen, the other spotlight, my spotlight when it comes to other, is when we talk about dream matchups at Forbidden Door, kind of thrown out a few. One that I don't think us do personally 
have touched on. Is CM Punk against Kenta, which is a, a long-standing rivalry over the, the go-to-sleep finisher. Uh, they've gone back and forth on Twitter a couple of times. They've gone back and forth in interviews a couple of times. Connor Casey of Comic Book, pal of the show, he asked CM Punk, like, hey, what do you think about facing Kenta at Forbidden Door? And CM Punk just outright said no. That was his only answer. This is the only comment. Just no. And then uh, Kenta kind of saw that story and he replied and he said, oh, yeah, keep using my finisher then. I don't know if they're they're working. I don't know if there is a real dislike between the two. I think there is some actual heat when it comes to the, the go to sleep finish. Uh, but I would hope they would settle this and give us this match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know how much of it is real and how much of it isn't like how much is working work versus shoot here. But I, I mean, if you're Kenta though, like I get it. I mean, CM Punk took that move and like popularized it in the U S you know, to the, I mean, way bigger than Kenta ever was able to, but you know, but we all saw him doing it in ring of honor and in, in Noah and stuff. So it's like, we knew where it came from. And I've always considered that move, uh, Kenta's move. Yeah, and it as it should be, he, he invented it. But CM Punk definitely popularized it. Like way more people, like in like modern day, I'm sure way more people. So well, just because I mean, at the end of the day, way more people probably even just know who CM Punk is than who Kent is. But um, so I get it. I get I get it. And I also CM Punk's the kind of guy that I I don't know. It's like I feel like CM Punk would be the kind of guy that just kind of like. I'm so big at this point that like, this just doesn't even matter to me. Like, okay, keep complaining about me doing this move, like whatever, but like I'm beyond this at this point, you know, like, so that's just kind of how I feel about it. I feel like it's like, oh, there's like a level of disrespect almost, right? Where, where CM Punk should be thanking him for this move because it's Kenta's move. But at the same time, it's like, he's been using it for forever and like, yeah, Kenta versus CM Punk is a, is a dream match. I, I want to see it as a fan, but if we're being honest, I think there's bigger dream matches for CM Punk out there than Kenta in his own mind. And just this show is sponsored by better help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In reality as well at this point. If this match was happening back when Kento was at like his peak popularity in Ring of Honor in like CM Punk was was hitting his his peak popularity and you know WWE or whatever and they wrestled each other that'd be different but you know it is keeping it real Ken, Kenta and you'll you'll remember this as well the buzz Kenta had like heading into his signing with WWE was like massive like he was like the biggest name outside of the WWE and now it's just I like Kenta but he doesn't seem I, I can understand why CM Punk it probably just isn't that interested in this when there's when there's bigger dream matches for him available to show like that. I, I think that's kind of where I'm at as well, is CM Punk doesn't quite see Kenta as that big of a match compared to something like an Okada or a Tanahashi or anything. Like maybe he is just annoyed by Kenta with, with this whole thing. I, I don't know, but I want to see the match because they have gone back and forth so much obviously if there's legit heat there and they can't set it aside hey don't do the match um you know kenta was in AEW. he was the first person actually through the forbidden door uh which was the the big shocker when he showed up and attacked moxley this is of course like months before um cm punk had signed with the company so I don't know if Kenta is going to be back. I don't know if he's going to be part of Forbidden Door. He's actually been out of action, I think, since Wrestle Kingdom, following the match with, with Tanahashi, uh, the no DQ match. I don't think he's wrestled again. Uh, I, I suspect he might be part of, of the G1. But I, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be part of Forbidden Door. I would like to see him there. I've always I've always loved Kenta from his time in ROH. Um, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing between these two because – Part of me thinks they are working a little bit, but then I've also kind of also like from people who really like Kenta have been told like, no, Kenta like actually doesn't like that he uses this move. And I think that could be bothersome to Punk that he keeps just talking about it and is just annoyed by the whole thing. Yeah. And when also part of me is also kind of curious as why CM Punk hasn't just changed it. I mean, like he has multiple go-to moves that he uses finishers i mean he's got the anaconda vice and in AEW, he can really kind of finish you with with various stuff AEW is pretty good about not i mean everyone has their finishing moves of course and everything but sometimes matches just kind of end more of like a sports way than, than like always having to go right to the finisher and i think punk you know he's got the pepsi plunge obviously he doesn't want to do that every match because yeah. that's a killer for his knees but part of me is kind of like if you're bothered by Kent, well, here's the thing. I don't think he's bothered by it. That that's the big thing is I I, I just don't think he, that I just don't think he cares. It's like barely on his radar. But 
if he did care, he would have just changed his finisher. You know what I mean? Just been like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't need to, like, the move isn't what, ha- the reason I'm over isn't to go to sleep. Whereas, if we're being honest, a big reason why Kenta was as over as he was, was because of the go to sleep. That, that, that finisher was so well protected in the early 2000s. That, I mean, it's still always been well protected, but especially then. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things where I just, I think we're both on the same page. It's like, I just don't think Punk cares that much. And when you have options like Okada or Tanahashi or Osprey and people like that, I just don't think that, I don't think that CM Punk is losing any sleep over like not having a Kenta feud. I think he wants to, he's got bigger fish to fry, I think. What a diss to Kenta, CM Punk, because like you're, you're so small. I mean, Kenta's a legend. Like you're so small. I'm too big that whatever you say, it doesn't even hit my radar for like a month or two. Just... Just a slap in the face to Kenta. Uh, that's what. But but, but you but you agree that you agree though because like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like dis. No, I like here. no I no. Just, it's it's not. I I don't think I didn't mean it as like you saying because I kind of like do agree that I think maybe CM Punk just doesn't see Kenta on that level and what look he might but the way he just kind of dismisses everything it doesn't seem like it because um, Kenta is usually the one like kind of calling him out and punk is you either dismissive or no comments on it the entire time. And and that's like, I think the articles we've written when it comes to CM Punk and Kenta is a Kenta wants CM Punk, Kenta comments on punk return kind of thing. And CM Punk is just, I mean, literally the man said no, like that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. It, It just, it does feel kind of like, but this to Kenta because the man is man is a legend, honestly. Like, well, and, and if you're CM Punk and you actually do have an issue with Kenta, this is the best way you could possibly deal with it if you're punk because you're basically just big leaguing him. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, you're complaining about me over and over, like you're doing this because of my fame, and like you're trying to essentially leech off of my fame and where I'm at in the business right now. And like, but but here's the thing: what Kent is saying is true, and CM Punk knows that also. But that's like the easiest way to get under someone's skin. I think is to just kind of ignore the truth. Like, CM like Kent can say all day, "That's my move. You stole this, so on and so forth." And Punk's just like, "Yeah, I'm not wrestling you though. Like, <laughs> I don't care." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So you know, so it's like Kent is speaking the truth, and Punk just doesn't care. You know, so it just is what it is. Uh, we're going to move on to our, our WWE spotlight, Steven Jensen, your favorite time of the show when we talk about WWE. And we're going to start with your spotlight when it comes to the WWE. Ronda Rousey is the new SmackDown Women's Champion, having defeated Charlotte Flair in an I Quit match at WrestleMania Backlash. Jensen, I'm sure it just warmed your heart to see MMA legend, women's pioneer Ronda Rousey use a MMA hold with a chair uh, to force Charlotte Flair to say I quit. Yeah, and she added that uh, that cherry on top where she was like, like she's like, yeah, bitch, and then like did it. Like she, she like, loves, says, yeah, they love the bitch word in WWE. Like it, Connor Casey, the actual Connor Casey in the chat without the beard in that profile. Look at this. Look at yeah. this man without his beard. Who? Is, I don't believe that's actual Connor Casey. Ezekiel. Yeah, that's not an actual picture of of, of Connor Casey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Connor, what's up, man? Thanks for for joining in. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to Ronda Rousey and this whole thing, all right. 
I wanted to make this my spotlight for a couple reasons, but the main one is because I want to give Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair a little bit of a shout out here because that match was significantly better than the WrestleMania match. Like that was, oh yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like this yeah. was a pretty good do over for what I thought was a pretty disappointing WrestleMania match, considering who was involved. Um, I love Charlotte Flair. People hate on me all the time for it. Similar to my love for Cody, like I'm a Charlotte Flair, a Charlotte Flair fan, um, for a lot of reasons. I and it's mainly just because I I think she's super talented and I, I I like the gimmick. I like that she's always in the title chase and that she because she's a Flair, she collects you know all these title reigns and stuff. Like I I think it works really well for the WWE that she's that she's who she is. Um, when it comes to Ronda Rousey. I think her buzz has like, it's really, really gone down. Like saying, I mean, she's not this, you know what I mean? It's like, this, this is nowhere near like the level of hype that Ronda Rousey had even just a few years ago. Um, but I think that her beating Charlotte, at least the crowd responded to it. The crowd responded to the match. And I think that Ronda had really, really cooled down recently in the WWE but this might help spark her a little bit more. I don't think she'll ever get to like the level of, of fame she was at, you know, you know, early UFC run and that kind of stuff. But I think that this was a really solid match. And if Ronda's gonna win the title from Charlotte, this is how you do it. it means to protect Charlotte as well. And they'll definitely run a trilogy because WWE they don't even just like the 50-50 book people, they're like the 33% Whoa. and the repeating book people. <laughs> um so um, but yeah, go, what were you going to say? Oh, Charlotte's going to be off for, for some time. Uh, you know, the, the storyline is fractured radius. They, they say it in some stupid way, like a fracture of the, the radial. Like it's so dumb. Just say fractured radius. Um, but th- that's the storyline reason they said out and definitely, I'm pretty sure it's because, uh, her and Andrade have like a date and, and are going to get married soon. And that's why she's off. So she's going to be out for, I would assume two to three weeks. At the, at the very least, uh, doing all that. So I don't know if they're going to come right back to that. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be Hell in a Cell. I don't think they're going to come back to it then because Hell in a Cell is early June. Maybe Money in the Bank because that's a stadium show. Maybe Money in the Bank. Uh, they, they go with Rousey and Charlotte 3. I agree with you. They're going to they're gonna eventually run it back. Though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just a matter of when. Um you know, in Ronda, I'm interested in her and Hell in a Cell because they can really play up the whole cage fighter aspect of, of who she is inside of a Hell in a Cell. Um, even though, obviously, the UFC Octagon is nothing the same. Who's she it, facing it, from SmackDown, Steven Jensen? Can you give me a women's wrestler from SmackDown that Ronda Rousey can face inside Hell in a Cell? Well, that's what I was saying. Like, that kind of would make sense to run Charlotte then, again, with, like, that added stipulation. But if it isn't going to be Charlotte... I don't even know who's on each roster at this point. <laughs> or even, I mean, like, I mean, what brand, what is, what, hey, what, what, what brand is Oscar on? She's on Raw. Okay, well, it doesn't matter because the brand <laughs> hashtag the brand split isn't real. Um, I, I mean, that'd really be the match I'd want to see. Would be Oscar and Ronda personally. Um, I think they're gonna do Becky and Oscar, maybe inside the cell. Well, I think. See, here's the other thing. The other side of this is, will Charlotte eventually get the belt back from Ronda, or? Will they at some point have Charlotte mix it up to where she goes for the other title belt to stay away from having to get beat again, which is possible. But I think, and you would know better than me, 
because you're a bit more connected to it. Wouldn't the obvious move eventually be Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch? Or has that just cooled down so much at this point that that just doesn't matter anymore? I mean, it's, it's definitely cooled down. I think that Becky can heat it up very quickly because Becky is, is great at this. Her, uh, they actually had a very like good social media exchange where Rhonda was talking about being a mom and mother's day. She's like, moms, I know you're tired. Like I'm tired too. Like we just got to push through it. Happy mother's day. And Becky just replied, like, I'm not tired. And and then Rhonda was like, well, you didn't work on Sunday. It was a nice little social media exchange between them two. I, I mean, Becky can heat up anything very quickly, but it's definitely cooled down from, you know, what it was when they headlined WrestleMania 35. Like that should have been the match at WrestleMania 35 before they insert, inserted Charlotte. 100% agree. I and think they're going to, yeah. I think they're going to end up doing it at Mania this year, next year, whatever you want to call it. Mania 39. I think that's where the match takes place. So they got a while. I think Charlotte does come back. They got to find something for Charlotte to do outside of the title picture though that's all i'm asking just find her something to do that's not involved in the title picture because that's been her whole thing and i get it she's hashtag the queen hashtag bow down but just like prove to me you can tell me a charlotte flair story and she's wanted this too she said this many times just prove you can tell a charlotte flair story that just doesn't involve the title that's what i want out of it as far as ronda goes like i put you on the spot like hey well who should she face from the smackdown roster I don't know who the fuck's on this SmackDown roster. All right. JJ saying Sasha Banks. Scott George saying Shayna Baszler. I guess Natalia is there on SmackDown. I'm sure Ronda would love to do a program with, with her good friend Shayna Baszler. I'm sure she'd love to do another program with Natalia. Have have they called up Io Shirai yet? No, Io still I think Io might be injured right now because oh, okay. she has been on TV in a while, but Io is still in NXT. That would be something great. Uh, but I don't know if you're going to bring in like a cold Io Shirai to face Ronda Rousey because we've kind of seen how these NXT call-ups go. We know Ronda ain't losing Io Shirai. So I don't know if that's the best way to bring up Io. As far as just like match perspective, yeah, it'd be great. We know WWE isn't just going to be like, hey, here's this really cool match that we can kind of build to and let's go. They, they're just not going to do that. They, they act like they have plans and then scrap the plans within two weeks. I don't know who's on the SmackDown roster for, for Ronda to face. Banks, you know, she's one half of the women's tag champs with Naomi. I imagine they're going to keep doing that thing. I guess they could lose them to Baszler and Natalia, but they've also been losing the singles matches, which indicates that they're going to win the tag team match. Um, I don't know who else is on SmackDown. I really don't. Like, I you say I'm connected, but I don't really watch that show all that often. Kind of kind of reach the point that you have where, all right, what are the results? What can I watch highlight-wise? That's where I'm at with uh, a lot of WWE programming right now. Well, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, and I don't want this to go down this whole rabbit hole, but this isn't just another example of why I think they just need to totally get rid of the brand split because there's so many good women in that company on all four of those brands, like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, that. Like, there shouldn't even be a question of, like, well, who's available? Who's on which brand? It should just be the best women against the best women. Like, it shouldn't even be a conversation of this. Like, there should be no block on doing Bianca Belair versus Charlotte or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just silly at this point. We all know it's the same company. But that said, um, 
Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't do know. a brand split and do it properly, and you have enough talent to actually make it work, but they can't do that either. JJ says right. Aaliyah is on SmackDown. Great. I remember she beat Natalia in like record time, and then I don't remember her being on television ever again after that. The same Aaliyah that was in like Breaking Ground from like all those yes. years ago on the network. Yes. She was like, I'm Aaliyah. Oh. Yes. She's still okay. Hold on a second, because I because I, I had seen her like fairly recently, and I was like, this can't be the same person. Yeah, same Aaliyah. That's um, that's I don't. I'm not gonna say what I want to about that. Um, that's okay. Is she anywhere near like talented enough where like you could buy her like wrestling for like a world title or something at this? I mean, she's been in the company for like it feels like ten years since that show. 2015 happened. is when she joined the company. She signed in 2015. Wow. Well, how weird is this? The title belts that, and I don't feel like I'm saying anything that any, I don't think this is even somewhat controversial for me to say. I'm sure someone out there will hear it and, and, and clips, think I'm an asshole for saying this, but like, oh yeah, maybe I'll wind up on Reddit. Yeah. Um, talk about a site. I don't care anything about Reddit. Um, so, but so the title belts that nobody cares about. Right, those SmackDown or those those women's tag team title belts. Nobody like they're all just makeshift teams, and nobody cares. Those are the belts that go brand to brand. Like those are the ones that have no limitations. Those can be defended against anyone in any brand. This is just silly. Like the like the least the least valuable titles can can be can be on either show. But but we have to like figure out if it makes sense and if it's possible for who for who to Charlotte can wrestle. I think it's just silly at this point. None so. of these titles have any value. Honestly, none of them do. They're just there. They're just props. That's all they are. They're cool little props that they, they sell for $500 on WWE Shop. That's what they yeah. do. Jensen, well, you got your prop no, belts. Well, I got I got an added bonus now because I realized this uh, more recently. Oh, no. Did I take the batteries out? Hold on. Oh, boy. Does it light up? You can barely You can barely see it. It does light up when you hit it. That's the that's the crowd noise they use for for edge promo segments right there. Off the top rope, off the top rope. I'm trying to turn this thing off now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so um, yes, exactly. I mean, they're colorful prop belts. Um, I I think Roman has done a good job of making what he holds pretty valuable. Um, but yeah, outside of that, it's you know, hey, we're just waiting for Cody to win that title so we can bring out the Winged Eagle. All right, so. Great segue into to Roman Reigns here. That is my WWE spotlight for this week. Uh, I mean, you said he's did, done a good job with the title, and I agree. But now, seems like he's going to be working a lesser schedule, uh, which is curious because you put both belts on him, which in theory would mean he would be on both shows to raise the ratings for both shows. And now you are effectively taking him off of all shows. Uh, first, bless Roman Reigns. This guy's getting a nice little deal here, not having to work these live event shows. Seems like he's not going to have to work Hell in a Cell. I don't know how much TV he's going to work. That's the life. Roman Reigns has earned that. Credit to that man. But if you're WWE, it's a odd situation to be like, we're going to have one title so our guy can be on both shows and Roman's our top star. This will be great for both brands. Wait a second, Roman's not going to be on any TV for like the next two months. I don't know if that's the best business decision for WWE, and I think they're going to see like they got Cody, like he's doing great. Like 
the best he can carrying uh, Raw in a never-ending feud uh, against Seth Rollins. SmackDown, I don't know what that show is going to do without Roman Reigns because for the longest time, it was just the Roman show. And now I guess it's going to be the Drew show. Great. Good luck with that. I guess they're banking on Ronda Rousey carrying that. But we just kind of talked about who the hell is challenging Ronda Rousey if that's going to be the case. This is a big issue for WWE where it looked like, cool, you can just kind of keep rely on Roman Reigns to sort of keep both shows afloat. And now it's like, you don't have Roman Reigns. I don't know who is the top guy in WWE right now. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious it's Cody, but they have not made anybody over the past couple of years during this Roman run where it's like, yeah, Roman's gone, but we got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. They got some nice like role players who I think could be stars, but they have certainly not elevated them to that level. Cody feels different because he came elsewhere and he feels fresh. Nobody else, especially on SmackDown right now, especially on that men roster and, and, and you know, led by, led by Drew McIntyre, who I think being out of the title picture has helped him a little bit. But they got nobody who feels like a big deal on that roster. Mad Cat Moss, baby. Um, I'm not against it at this point. Fuck, Mad Cat Moss. We said it last week or the week before. Great WWE wrestler. Great. Yes. Um, All honesty, it it has to be Cody. Like, it has to be. There's there's no other option. Um, And when you look at the buzz Cody had coming into the company, apparently his merchandise is selling really, really well. And... You know, I'm not going to sit here and say like Cody's their next John Cena or their next Roman Reigns necessarily, but I think that you know Cody's still in his mid 30s. I think he's like 35 or 36, and I think that like you, if he stays uninjured and continues to be motivated, and like he really wants this to be like that big run where he gets to accomplish the stuff he always wanted to accomplish his entire life. They have a solid like at least five years. I feel like of him being that guy for them. I mean, and people might hear this and be like, well, what about Roman? Well, preferably you have more than just one. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. like, like, you know, that's, that's, you know, back when we had the rock and Austin at the same time, and when you had Hogan and Savage and Hogan and warrior and like so on and so forth, like there it usually wasn't just one guy, like John Cena kind of was the first time we had pretty much just one guy. And then they, they would have the, the, uh, occasionally you'd have like an edge who would really rise the ranks or a CM Punk or something like that to really be a rival to, to Cena. But at the end of the day, it was all about John Cena. And I didn't, you know, they can somewhat transition Roman into like the Brock Lesnar spot of like not being there as often, but always being a big deal. Cody can carry the workload of being the guy who's there every week with the company on his back for the next handful of years. And you got to create new stars. And I've, talked about this a little bit on other platforms and in here, I think as well, but, and this is once again, another, just, we don't have to go down this whole rabbit hole with this because there's a lot we could talk about here. We knew a whole show about just this, but with the way that WWE has set up their developmental where for various reasons, whether it's indie wrestlers don't want to sign there anymore, or they want to just have their hand in the cookie jar from day one. And they don't want to have to keep going through the whole changing people once they hit the main roster and so on and so forth using the performance center actually trying to make the performance center a developmental program versus like a place you just kind of sent indie wrestlers for a minute before they hit nxt all these reasons if they can just get like one or two like if they can get like a braun breaker out of 100 people 
or like a um who who else is like up and coming in their system uh anyone like, else a lot of people like carmelo hayes i like carmelo, carmelo hayes, hayes. I yeah. I don't trust that he's going to succeed uh, on the main roster, honestly. And I'm not even sure Braun Breaker is going to succeed on the main roster. Sure, sure. And and you know I liked um, Carmelo Hayes as um, uh, Casanova, Chris Casanova. I remember him from the Indies a little bit. He rose the ranks very fast. Um, super talented. My point though is the way that the system is is set up they really only have to develop a couple real standouts if they're going to continue to do what they did with Cody going forward, coming over from AEW there. I think they're going to just let AEW be the developmental for them when it comes to certain wrestlers and just be like, okay, MJF is now a worldwide wrestling star. He's TV ready. He checks every box we need out of a star. All right, cool. We don't have, we don't have to do any of that ourselves. We'll just, we'll just sign him for more money and, like he and now he's a main eventer for us. We didn't have to do any of it. Um, I think that's going to happen with a lot of guys. Um, not a lot necessarily, well, but I, I, I we're going to see more back and forth between these companies. Like Cody wasn't the only person who's going to be making moves like this. I talked about it the other week with Stu Grayson, you know, and people laugh at it. But I'm just saying, like, that's the next big star for WWE. Your guy Stu Grayson headlined WrestleMania this year. I never said he was in a headline WrestleMania. <laughs> Y'all have put those words in my mouth, but I am saying I think he could be. I think he could do fine in WWE on his own because he has a great look and he's great in the ring and he's TV ready. So. I, and that's where that's kind of where I think their mindset might even be is like for every hundred wrestlers we hire to this performance center, if we can get one or two per hundred, like Gable Stevenson or whatever. I mean, obviously he he has he's different because he of his Olympic and, and collegiate background and stuff, but like you, you all know the point I'm trying to make here. I, I don't think that because the way you can see the 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 way it's been working, where usually and I'm not saying this, I'm not, I don't advocate anyone to be like fired or lose their jobs with what I'm saying. But the reality is WWE at this point, a lot of the time they'll sign someone, they'll give them a short shot on something like NXT level up before it was 205 live or a quick run on NXT or something. And if it, if, if Vince doesn't see it in you, someone like with, with a lot of talent, like an Alex Zane or an Anthony Henry, or, you know, I mean, there's been so many of them over, over recent years um blake christian they're they're there and gone within a year you know six months to a year like it's they're they're there they're development they're develop they're developing they're on some sort of tv show and they're gone so i think they're just really impatient with like the, the full development what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Final process with a lot of these guys. Some of them I think are going to be fine. I got like Tony D'Angelo is probably going to be fine on like the main roster because they, they can do enough with his character on Raw and SmackDown that I'm sure they can figure something out. But my, So once again, my whole point is I think that they're going to keep letting AEW, you know, keep doing what they're doing. And when they have the opportunity in free agency to pick up stars from them that want to jump over, they're they're ready to be main eventers for them. And the only issue that you're potentially running with this is kind of similar to back in the 90s when, 
a guy like Chris Jericho or the Big Show or something would come from WCW to WWE and the locker room, someone like Kevin Owens, for instance, might be like, I'm friends with all these guys. I love all these guys, but like, I keep like, I'm the one who like, I've had multiple options to leave this company and keep re-signing because I love WWE and I want to be a WWE lifer, but you're, but you know, so you want it, you, it's a, it's a fine balance between not upsetting your loyal employees, but also pushing people from the outside that you think could be big stars right away. Well, that, that's kind of what AEW is going through. Um, yep. And, and we'll go ahead and sort of jump in into this, which will lead into the AEW spotlight, uh, at least mine with MJF and Wardlow, is AEW is going through this with, they got all these WWE guys coming in and some of the original guys, you can you can hear it. They say it on television. They, they say it in interviews. Like they're not happy with it. MJF, the, the biggest example, look, MJF, you kind of never know when he's working uh, and, and when he is in character and, and what he's actually thinking with some of this stuff. But if you're going to take him for what he is saying, what is on paper, uh, what is on video, he has said like, these XWWE guys are coming in. They're making all this money. I'm the guy bringing in the ratings. Ricky Starks has said, like, you know, it's cool that, like, Punk and Cole and Danielson and all these guys are coming in here. Like, great, but, like, I can run with these guys. Like, let me let me go and let me, like, show this stuff. We've seen a lot of AEW acts that have gone sort of by the wayside because the WWE guys, the XWWE guys have come in. And in some instances, look, you got to push a CM Punk. You got to push a Brian Danielson, right? It's got to happen. But there have been a lot of loyal AEW guys now with these contracts coming up. Jack Evans uh, talked about it. He put a lot of blame on himself. But Jack Evans is probably still around if they don't have like Jeff Hardy as like an easy replacement. I'm not comparing the two. But Jeff Hardy slots in and it's like, yeah, you're going to use Jeff Hardy over Jack Evans. Joey Janela, another one. A lot of people, myself included, because I saw Janela's work on the independent scene, I was like, oh, he can AEW, this is a great place for him to shine with his his vignettes and, and the creativity he can do. Never really got there. They brought in a bunch of new talent. He just got pu- pushed by the wayside. Grayson, yeah, future WrestleMania main eventer, Stu Grayson. You mentioned him, like just another example. Like these guys are gonna fall by the wayside, and that is what's happening in AEW. That's your concern when it comes uh to what could potentially happen in WWE because I, I think you're right we will see AEW people jump ship people who and MJF is going to be the biggest example but there will be other ones people who are just frustrated with their spot where they're at WWE is like hey we kind of need talent and stuff like we could use you they'll, they'll make an offer they can bring them over and they will immediately just have that cachet with a certain fan base where they can come in and be perceived as on a, a bigger level because now they're on WWE Cody is a the ultimate example, right? Like nobody from AEW outside of like maybe punk, but like nobody from AEW is going to WWE and is going to be looked at the way that, that Cody was going to be looked at because of everything he meant to AEW. Um, when it comes to MJF, let's go ahead and, and, and touch on this and then we'll actually get into the, the spotlight portion. His contract isn't up till 2024. I feel not weird, but just like, why are we having this conversation when it's still two years away, I guess less than two years now. Well, it's because he's bringing it up, to be fair. Oh, and that's exactly yeah, what yeah. it is. And this is why he's very brilliant at this, because he's going to keep his name in in the headlines all the damn time with these comments. And again, this is why he's brilliant. This is why he's going to make a ton of money from WWE 
or AEW. My own personal take is I don't really care until November 2023, December 2023, because the landscape, his mindset, a lot can change between now and then. So to talk about it now just feels like, I don't know. Sure, he could go. They're going to offer him a lot of money, I would imagine. Will he be happy? I don't know. What's his mindset going to be? I don't know. A lot can change between now and January 2024. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is, once again, just speculating. But I think if Cody personally could choose only one person from AEW to come over on that current roster, he'd choose MJF. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that, and MJF knows this, you know what I mean? Like, I know Cody has even said that since coming to WWE, he's gotten a lot of calls from AEW wrestlers that he's obviously very close with that have put out feelers and said, you know, hey, do you think I'd be a good fit there? And he'll give them honest opinion. He's not just like, trying to get people to come over to WWE just to get people away from AEW. He's apparently letting people know, you know, some people, yeah, Hey, I don't know if you'd be a good fit here or not. Like you're probably best off being where you're at. Sabotage AEW by telling them to stay. Hey, hey that's possible too <laughs> at the end of the day. But the way that Cody still continues to talk about AEW and promote AEW and the way that a, the WWE allows it, see, that, that that's what's so different from him than anything we've ever seen before is like he's still actively promoting all wrestling through his social media, which is like, obviously he's not like telling people to tune into the show each week and stuff, but like he's retweeting wrestlers from there and his, his AEW merchandise, like the action figures and stuff. So like, I think Cody still wants AEW to succeed, um, but it's, but my, my point is also, and I talked about this with Stu Grayson a little bit, and as, as we talked about already, yes, Stu Grayson is he was more of a Young Bucks hire with the 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 link the Young Bucks had with the uh with the Smash Bros on the Indies and stuff. But I think Cody probably has a real soft spot for anyone who was an AEW day one original because of what you know how involved Cody was with the company and putting it all together. So that link is, I mean, there's nobody better in the WWE right now for AEW wrestlers to potentially have a foot in the door being there than Cody. Um, so I think it just opens up a lot of possibilities. I think that MJF personally, I think that if they, it, it, man, it's a double-edged sword because I think if MJF, he could go one of two ways, either they are going to put the AEW world title on this guy, unless he like, you know, just mother F's them completely and says like, do whatever you want with me. I'm leaving in 2024. You know what I mean? Otherwise I think they, he's going to win that AEW world championship. Now, is he going to use that opportunity to be the biggest he can be in AEW and, and set up AEW's future and stay with AEW and be a long-term top guy in AEW going forward? Or will he use being that high level in AEW as leverage to get a good deal from WWE and jump over? And he's already made his mind up. Like he knows he's leaving, you know, in 2024 and he's just going to try to get the biggest value he can between now and then. I don't know where he's at with that. The way that he talks makes you think that he doesn't care about loyalty and it's all about money. But this is also a kid that we've seen on the Rosie O'Donnell show talking about how Goldberg and The Rock are his favorite wrestlers, and like he wants to be a wrestler when he grows up. You know what I mean? Like he, I, I think ninety nine percent of the time he's just he's just working. Like you know, I, I don't, I, I think it's very, very, very rarely are you hearing anything genuine from him. Um, 
So yeah, I, I know that's I'm kind of all over the place with it, but I guess to 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 summarize here, I think there's a very very good chance MJF goes to WWE in two years, but I still think there's a very good chance he stays in AEW. But he's a genius, like you said. The fact that we're already talking about it as much as we are, and we're this far off from it even being a thing, MJF's doing what he needs to do to to just keep his name out there for a whole bunch of different reasons. I don't I don't think he's made his mind up at all and if he has he's an idiot because he shouldn't because a lot's going to change in the next two years um he's basically just using sean ross sap and, and the entire wrestling media to to yeah i mean it, uh jj says he's making my life easier with all the headlines he completely is and he's, he's using the, the entire wrestling media to just keep his name hot and bless him for it look that's what he should be doing right he's a good businessman i can't knock the man for that he's a, he's a great businessman in the day uh one thing he didn't do good business on was that dynamite segment and he didn't do good business on it because for some reason he just let wardlow get uncuffed and he just thought wardlow was going to be fine i was waiting for the punchline on this jensen i was waiting because wardlow just signed the contract you know as, as every wrestler does they don't actually read the damn thing they just sign it and it's like yeah cool I was waiting for after he got uncuffed and he started hitting people. I was waiting for MJF to turn into a dick and just be like, should have signed the contract dipshit. Like, here's what it said. It said that if you hit any of my security team or Sean Spears or strike me before the match, then this happens to you. Like, that's what I was waiting for, for this segment. And it never came. MJF just bailed and and that was it. And I, I thought MJF for the first time just looked kind of stupid in a segment where he didn't have to look very stupid in given what we know about MJF. And it was a great segment. Don't get me wrong. Like I really enjoyed the segment, uh, but I was just, I thought MJF had something up his sleeve there. And when he didn't have something up his sleeve, I was like, Oh, that feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, But like you said, I, I thought the segment was really good overall. And I love that MJF is a baby face in one place and one great. place only. Yeah. yeah. And that CM Punk is a heel there every time just because of his feud with MJF. Excalibur, by the way, got a brush up on his hockey history saying that CM Punk wearing an Islanders jersey was a John Tavares Islanders jersey, mind you, was a peace offering to the New York and the Long Island crowd. It was not. Steven Jensen. So for those that don't know, Tavares left the Islanders for the Toronto Maple Leafs. CM Punk was trolling with that jersey. Excalibur, great mind, the masked man, as uh, William Regal likes to call him, great mind for professional wrestling, needs to learn his hockey history. Yeah, so I saw someone on Twitter bring that up because I had no idea either. Like, I thought it was a peace offering too when I saw it. And then I saw on Twitter someone say exactly that, that that dude had left in free agency. So it was yes. actually a heel move. And... Dude, speaking of that, I mean, I love that we're getting those glimpses of CM Punk as a heel, though. Like, yes. he is going to be such a great heel when he fully when he eventually fully turns. But, um, but yeah, the the MJF stuff, I I get what you're saying. At the end of the day, I honestly think this was mainly done the way it was, just specifically so we could finally get the Batista. Batista bomb through the table, you know, Triple H style, like contract signing. Because we've been waiting for it the entire time. This story's been going on for like the last three years. We're all like, eventually he's going to turn on MJF. It's going to be just like Batista and Evolution and all this stuff. 
And last night, granted, he he did the powerbomb to Mark Sterling, but that seemed pretty symbolic to me. I was like, this isn't a coincidence. It's a contract no. signing, powerbomb through the table. Everyone's comparing you to Batista. Like, this is, he finally did it. So I think that's kind of what that was more about. I mean, there was that element. There's the element of this is the same path that Cody had to follow to get the match with MJF. He's going to take the lashings. He, he has to do the cage match as well. Uh, again, he, he mentioned Cody. What do you call yeah. him? Like Cody Roll Coaster? Yeah, yeah, the Roller Coaster. Yeah. 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 So he, he mentioned Cody out there. Um, yeah, it's the same path that, that Cody had to follow. I know we've talked about it before that like a lot of the MJF feuds follow the same beats of you got to go through these steps to get this match with me. And this is why MJF is so good in that even though it is a very kind of paint by numbers feud layout, when it comes to him, he makes it work every single time. And there's enough different elements to it to where it still remains a little bit of fresh. This one I'm not the biggest fan of, hey, let's just do the same beats that we did in the, the Cody feud, but there's enough elements with the Wardlow, with the history of Wardlow to make it, it still work. I would like them to get off of this path a little bit uh, in the next feud, whatever that might be. And I imagine the world title feud, whenever that happens, if it is CM Punk, I imagine that will have a different path. I think at some point, and if it is babyface CM Punk, heel mjf for the world title i think it'll be different in that hey mjf has to go through this stuff to get this match with cm punk and that's how they they work that but i would like to see them get off of this a little bit for his next feud but they've done it so well with the the people he's done it with that it has worked and it's been wardlow who has had his history with it's been cm punk who is one of the best storytellers out there Chris Jericho, a guy who is the, the history in and of itself with Jericho. And again, another just fantastic storyteller throughout the history of wrestling. And Cody, kind of the same boat. History, storytelling is there. If they can, I guess if they can keep finding that right mix, they can keep they can keep doing it. But I hope they switch it up at some point. But speaking of Jericho, that dark side of the ring thing they did oh, last time yes. was incredible. That was so so fucking good i didn't recognize like that it was really jericho at first i thought it was just mjf narrating his own thing i was like oh wait no that's jericho and then he's like wait is this for mjf oh whatever he's paying me well like yeah of course jericho would just like sell out and, and do this whole bit yeah the dark side that was very reminiscent of before the cody uh match where they they did the the flashback with, with jericho uh, and talking about him is when, when Sammy Guevara is like, he's the youngest AEW champion ever. And they had Soul Train Jones and they had like his teacher or whatever it was. The the spoof on Cody's whole thing uh, with the, with it wasn't Roads to the Top at that time. But like the, the Cody vignette where he's talking about like all the sacrifices and stuff he had to go through. That spoof. Uh, that's what it reminded me of doing the, the dark side thing. But that dark side thing was so, so fucking good. I was cackling during that thing. Legendary Jewish wrestler Barry Horowitz making an appearance. So good. Absolutely. Yes. And that's why I'm always people get people don't understand like why I like Bill Goldberg so much. Nowadays it's it's tough to watch, you know, with his age and his limitations and stuff. But because growing up Jewish, up until Goldberg pretty much all we had was Barry Horowitz. So it was like <laughs> to finally have like a Jew out there who could like actually kick ass and just wasn't a total jobber. Like that was a big deal. 
but I will say this: Barry Horowitz should one hundred percent be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I, he's still talking about Bret Hart. Day. Agrees. Yeah. Bret Hart agrees. Bret Hart says, you know, Barry never hurt anybody. Goldberg kicking people's heads off. You know, ending careers, injuring everybody's in with. So you and Bret Hart agree. I'm with you. Yeah. Like, well, now MJF is our. He's our guy. I mean, that's MJF yeah. is going to induct Barry Horowitz into the WWE Hall of Fame. 2024 you heard it here first there you go everybody i've broken the news here on the spotlight there you go yeah so anyway mjf rules segment ruled warlow's over as hell Uh, it's all it's all it's all going really really well heading in especially because you know we've been waiting for like three years for this and it could have been overhyped in our own minds heading into this and i feel like it's delivering so that's that's a win as far as i'm concerned uh your aw spotlight steven jensen Hookhausen, they're together hook and dan Housen are now the best friends the uncursed friends the true mega powers in the world of wrestling i mean how big yes how big was your pop when Hookhausen finally formed on dynamite so when it comes to Dan Housen, I so I used to see this dude wrestle in like the basement east in Nashville and stuff years ago, back before he was the very nice, very evil Dan Housen. He used to just like be really creepy. Like he'd come out with like a plastic bag over his head, or he'd come out in like a body bag, and like this guy, it was like nuts. Like he wasn't funny at all. Like he was supposed to scare you. And to see where this guy has come from and to see where he is now as this comedy wrestler has been really, really fun to watch. Um, I shout out Mikey Blanton from black label pro. Cause I think the, the first time I remember seeing like the very nice, very evil version of him was at a BLP show. And I think Mikey was one of the first guys to really recognize how big this could be. And I'm sure others did as well, but he's just one that it specifically, I would, I would definitely want to shout out and, for it's it's so strange because like the way he's become so famous like through his social media and everything and how he stays in character and stays so committed to it it's really cool to see the spot he's in in aew now but it's also it's strange because i mean tony nice just murked him right it was just like he was a non-factor like just one move one two three but so you can keep it to where the way that it, the way that I see it, because also there's other stuff to this too, where like I don't know if Dan Housing can keep doing like the tequila spots and stuff that he's known for, because you know they're out to pay for the music and all that stuff. But Tony Khan's you know down to pay for that kind of stuff, so who knows? But the the point of all this is I think that they're positioning it to where Dan Housing like can't wrestle, like he's just a total comedy figure that like is gonna just not be able to do anything in ring and just constantly try to curse people. Yeah, and but. But now that he has Hook, Hook's just going to kick everyone's ass. So yeah. it's going to be – so I, I like this because Hook, because Dan Housen is going to think that he's doing it. Like he's going to be back there trying to curse people and Hook's going to be like throwing him over his head or something and, and Dan Housen is going to think that he's doing it. You know, like – so I and, – and now it's been kind of a fun like will they, won't they type thing with, with the two of them the last few weeks with – with it kind of culminating, I think it was on Rampage last week when uh, Dan Housen left the, the bag of chips form in the ring. And so I it, that pop, you can't deny that pop. Whether you like Dan Housen or not, whether he's for you or he isn't, whether you like Hook or not or whatever, 
the fans are reacting to this. And I did not see Hook going this direction after his debut. I thought they were going to just push him as just like a strictly no-nonsense, just super serious, ass-kicking, kind of Taz from ECW 2.0 type thing. But now it's like you're going to see a whole other side of this guy where he's befriended just this absolute weirdo at Danhausen. So, like, I... I'm I'm interested to see what happens. And once again, nobody can deny the pop they got when they shook hands last night. Danhausen has always been an interesting case to me in that I I I didn't know him as creepy Danhausen or anything. And like when I first sort of discovered like his his bit, his gimmick, I was like, all right, like this is kind of cool. Uh, you know, he made me laugh a couple of times. And then but it, I didn't like fully latch onto it, even though I'm sure many people probably thought like, oh, Jeremy, you'd probably love this shit. Uh, but like yeah. the more I saw just like how committed he was to it. And I think people who know me know that I love a good commitment to the bit. So like the more I saw just like how committed he was, to it, it was like, oh, all right, I, I get this guy. Like I, I see where he's coming from now. And like the fact that he was so committed and just went full on with it and just got himself over with it. Like he got to AEW with it and i thought like this was just the best thing i love it like i absolutely love it now i understand why people had reservations when he signed with aew it was like oh like okay you're just gonna take this meme wrestler this comedy wrestler can he actually wrestle like where does he really fit with everything and i didn't know myself but i kind of figured this is how they would utilize him is like i don't think he's gonna wrestle that often everybody like you're not going to see dan housen out there trying to do like 10 minute matches with anybody i think he's just going to kind of be like he's not they're not going to orange cassidy him. where orange cassidy is sort of comedy wrestler but then once he gets going he gets going dan housen was he's never really that guy like no offense his in-ring work even on like the indies isn't something where you're like oh yeah this is an aew style in-ring work um so i never saw him as that i saw him just kind of playing this this sort of comedy role i did not think it would be, be this prevalent though uh the, the ep brought it up last night is like it's kind of funny that like hook and, and you just mentioned like hook super serious badass uh just comes in kills people doesn't talk doesn't do any of this shit yeah let's pair him up with like Danhausen. like let's pair him up with like the biggest comedy wrestler we have like it doesn't seem like it's gonna work on paper it doesn't seem like oh this is what you want to do with hook but you're right, like the pop that they got, Hookhausen, everything. And yeah, Kai says like Hook is the curse. And that's essentially like what it, that's what Danhausen thought the other week, where you know he's pointing at Tony Nice and he didn't realize that just it was Hook behind him, and that's why they backed off with everything. Danhausen has said about like his curses and everything of like, I don't know how they work, but like I do it, and for some reason they just end up working. Like Ricky Starks, he just falls off the ladder. Uh, when I do it to Adam Cole, he loses the match. For some reason, I curse people and it works. So he's just going to curse people, and it's going to be da- or Hook just destroying people. It's like, curse worked? It was great. You can't curse. And maybe in the end, that's the curse on Hook, is that Hook does the bidding for Dan Housen. That is how Hook is cursed. He doesn't think he is actually cursed Hook, but he has. I love this duo. It's fantastic. Dan Housen is, is so good. Bless the man for committing so much to this bit. And I mean, Hook is Hook is great. It's it's weird. Doesn't seem like it should work. It completely works. I don't know where it's all going to go, but they're going to have a role because they clearly like Hook and Dan Housen is super over with the fans. I love that idea you just said. I didn't even think about that of like 
Danhausen did curse Hook, and yeah. Hook doesn't realize it, and the fans don't really realize it yet. But like he is doing his bidding now, like he has the mind control over Hook now. Like that would be so funny if that's the route they went. Um, and then yeah. when Hook, and then when, and then when Taz gets sick of this bullshit and is like, Hook, what are we doing? And when Hook turns on Danhausen, he's gonna be the biggest heel in the company. That's fair, yeah. And the other thing with with Danhausen too is he has like multiple tag teams with people like on the indies that they could bring in or use on AEW over time. Also like him and orange Cassidy have a team from before and like him and Warhorse had a, a team from before and Warhorse just had that one match with Cody, um, you know, years back for the TNT title. But if he ever gets another look in the company, like Danhausen could have a kind of a whole group of, people that are all kind of comedy wrestlers, but that can all wrestle. I mean, like Dan Housen, like you said, he's not like the best in-ring worker I've ever seen in my life, but he is a good worker. Like he can wrestle good matches, but he relies heavily on a lot of elements. Like yeah, the, the tequila dance specifically the for people who don't know that, that da -dun, da -dun, da -dun, dun dun like that tequila song, he he'll like the whole match will just stop. And he'll be dancing on the ring apron and like kicking guys on the outside, like while the song is playing. That's like a big part of his act. He uses human teeth um, and he'll put human teeth into people's mouths. Like he'll have, have like a big sack of teeth and he'll put them in someone's mouth and then like kick the teeth out of their mouth. Like people have done them like thumbtack spots and stuff in hardcore matches and death matches and whatnot. But his reasoning is so funny because he explains that because I've, I've heard him ask that in interviews where they're like, how, like, how would you not get DQ'd when you, you put human teeth in people's mouths? And he says, well, you can't get DQ'd for just adding something that's already there. Like I'm putting human teeth in a human's mouth. So it isn't a foreign object. And it's like, it's actually genius. Like, like the fact that he's gone this far to come up with these things. Um, if you want to see real commitment to his character too, I recommend people check him out on YouTube. Um, his YouTube channel, his self, he, he stays in character but also when he's doing like toy hunts with yeah, people like Hook and, and yeah, with Ethan, Ethan, Page, Ethan yeah. Page and all them, anytime he shows up on the major bros, like he stays in that, in that character the whole time. And, and it's really impressive how, how off the cuff he has to be by staying in character, keeping that accent on. He kind of talks like that anyways, but he, 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 he cranks it to, you know, 11 or whatever with, with the, with that, the voice and everything, but to stay in character and be that witty, and, and not break character like he does it it i i think it's really impressive that he that he can do what he's doing and nothing but um i have nothing but respect for the fact that he has gotten to where he is in in the world of pro wrestling like um, because he's a guy who's also people don't realize he's been around for like at least 10 years if not closer to maybe 15 because he had a he had a fledgling run as donovan danhausen before this whole gimmick chain he was around for years and it just wasn't working so it's good to see him finally getting in the spot that he's in now. Man is committed to the bit. And bless him for it. Uh, Tom talks rubbish. Our pal says, glad to finally catch the live stream. Love you. Love all you guys do. Big love. Thanks for being awesome. Thanks, Tom. Everyone check out Tom's YouTube channel. Uh, yes. Interviews. We've both uh, been on there. Yes, exactly. Uh, so it does a lot of interviews with a lot of wrestling media personalities like myself and like Steven Jensen. So yeah, everyone uh, go support Tom. Subscribe to his channel. Check out the, the interviews we've done over there. And the interviews a lot of people have done over there. Uh, our other, or, sorry, our Indies Spotlight. This week, Steven Jensen, I will throw to you first. Brett Eisen is back. 
Pro, uh, killer be killed. Our pal Mose, he ran killer be killed. Blood on my jeans this past week. And Brett Eisen returned, Steven Jensen. Yes, he did. Um, the reason I wanted to spotlight this is because for the Southeast scene specifically um, of independent wrestling, Brett Eisen means a whole lot, especially to like Nashville, Chattanooga, like Tennessee. I think that like, it's one of these things where I got, I was just very lucky to be living in that area. And I still do being in Atlanta. I'm so close by and he, and he wrestled for action in, in Atlanta and stuff or the, in the Atlanta area. But it's just really cool to see because he's the leader of KOBK killer be killed. Like that's his group. And for them to run this KOBK blood on my gene show. And he hasn't wrestled since the last KOBK show where he wrestled uh, Joe black. And he had to, he didn't know what his future was going to be. Uh, he had to get some like medical work done. And I think he just had to figure some things out. And when he left, it was a real, like, I, you know, I obviously know Moe's well, and I know some, and they were always kind of saying, I don't think he's like done, done, but like, he might be, he really might be, but I, he'll probably come back, but we don't really know. And, and if he does, we don't know when it's going to be. And Brett's a guy that, you know, he, I don't know him super well on a personal level because I don't think a lot of people do. He keeps very much to himself and he keeps his circle small, but I am proud of the fact that like, I think that there's trust there to where, I've interviewed him before and like I DM with him and stuff occasionally. And, you know, I, I told him I, you know, I was real happy to see him back and stuff. And he's always been real good to me. And just the fact that I've got that guy's respect, or at least I feel like I do, that means a lot because he means a lot to me as a wrestling fan. Cause he really helped. He was a big part along with Sup, Sup grabs um, Southern underground pro of like reinvigorating my love for wrestling back, you know, five years ago or whatever, when, when really all I felt like I had at the time was NXT and so to see him come back on a KOBK show inside the TWE arena, which he's synonymous with, and he's been TWE champion and, and a whole bunch of stuff. And so I just wanted to give him a shout out on the show today. Like just the fact that he was back, he came back and he teamed with Merrick Donovan, who is a guy who I think is, he's going to have a real big blow up over the next, uh, I mean, it's happening right now. And, and he's been having a lot of good showings, but I, I think that, I think that Brett, you know, him being back, it, it's it's really good for Southeast uh, Southeast wrestling. And I don't know what he wants out of this run. I don't know if he wants to branch out and, you know, get out to West Coast Pro in California or, you know, if he wants to be a big part of the Southeast first and, you know, their rivalries through uncharted territory and stuff. I don't know what his goals are, but at the very least, I think it's really cool that he's, he's popping back up in the Southeast. And uh, it, it felt weird having a KOBK show without him involved and he was involved. Like I'm glad he was a surprise and he was a part of it. And I'm just happy to have Brett Eisen back in a wrestling ring, man. I obviously don't have the connection to, to Brett that you do. Um, I, I did watch some of the, the KOBK show, um, saw the return, like got a good reaction. He actually tweeted like Casey Bish said Saturday, it made my return uh, to independent wrestling after five months of learning lessons and suffering. Um, but again, I don't, I don't have the, like actually, I, I'm not super familiar with him, especially com, compared to you, but I do look forward to learning more about him. And I, I hope that he kind of continues down the, the good path that, that he's going on and continues to, you know, inspire people like you, because I can tell just how much he does mean to you. Um, and so that like that to me, like that 
is cool to see. Uh, so yeah, shout out to, to Brett Eisen for, for returning and hopefully he's, uh, he's doing well and things, uh, go well for him. He yeah, looks I like cannot... he's a Calgary Flames fan. So we might have a beef about that. Yeah. I don't know too much about that, but I, I, to, to another layer of this, uh, is so back once again, this is probably like five or so years ago. I was at a Buffalo wild wings, just like at the bar with a friend. And the bartender overheard us talking about wrestling. And she's the one who told me like, hey, there's this new company that I'm hearing about that's going to be starting called Southern Underground Pro. And I didn't even know that it was this thing was going to exist. I had no idea about this. And she was like, yeah, my friend Brett Eisen, like he's going to be wrestling for it. So like the first time I heard anything about Seth, it had to do with Brett. And he was like undefeated for a long time. He's the longest uh, reigning Southern Underground Pro Bonestorm champion they've ever had. And so many people came through and wrestled him. Like he wrestled the work horsemen during his run. He wrestled um, Nick Gage during his run. He wrestled so many good wrestlers. O'Shea Edwards had a great feud and team with him. Um, so he's a guy that like, it's been really cool seeing the progression of him and what he means to like Southeast wrestling, but also the fact that I didn't even know that this company was around until like, I, he's always going to be synonymous with, with, with that company for me. And that's my favorite indie company that there is, you know, I, I'm not trying to say it. I love subgraphs and, you know, I, uh, so, so it, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool to, to see that he's back. And there was one more thing I wanted to, Oh yeah. He was just a little bit more about him. He's like, he started off, I can't remember where he trained and stuff, but I know that he, he trained along with, and he's a lifelong friend of Righteous Jesse, who is the ring announcer for SUP, who recently just stepped away. But a lot of people know Righteous Jesse in the independent wrestling space. And the two of them are longtime friends. And like Brett did like the backyard wrestling thing throughout like his teenage years and stuff. This is a guy who's a lifelong wrestling fan who has really has really made a name for himself in the Southeast. And like I said, he's one of those guys who even people don't even realize when Eddie Kingston cut that promo on Cody Rhodes that like got him his spot in AEW, that was right after Eddie Kingston had beat Brett Eisen in the main event of that ICW show. So like Brett's been like right there, you know, he's gotten to wrestle guys like Eddie Kingston, guys like B-Boy, um, guys that, that I know are, are heroes of his. I think his ultimate dream match is Samoa Joe. And I would love to see that happen one day, but, uh, but yeah. So if you're listening to this, Brett as a fan and as a, as an ally of KOBK. Like I, I obviously can't claim to be a part of the group. That's a very exclusive club, but as somebody who considers myself an ally to KOBK, it's awesome to have the pit bull, the human shotgun, kill be killed, Brett Eisen back in the ring. Uh, and staying in sort of sub, uh, but my indie spotlight, IWTV uncharted territory, arguably their, their biggest show season four premiered uh, on, on Monday. And it is, in the South, it is at the uh, TWE Arena in, in Tennessee, and you know, headlined by by AC Mack. I love the video package that they did to to open it. We saw our guy Mose. Mose is doing the the commentary with Dylan over there. Um, yeah, AC AC Mack was there. Violence is forever. Uh, Jaden Newman picking up a win against Alex Kane. I love that, and then Alec Price comes out, and of course, you know, he he's the Sub Bone Storm champion, and but he ain't like he ain't really part of that scene. You know, he's, he's one of the North guys. So he comes in there, he's causing a scene and shit. I thought this was a very good premiere for, for uncharted territory. And 
you know, as someone who has watched Uncharted Territory through the, through the first three seasons, it was nice to see a different arena uh, and a different, you know, setting for everything. And we've, we've followed this since the start of this show, um, the, the North-South battle between everything. But I really like what's going on. And if this was the, you know, this first show seems like a good indicator of sort of where the, the series is going, what it's going to be in the South with the North still having a presence on everything. What do you think of the premiere episode? Loved it. And I think it's cool as hell that so many people from this region of wrestling that have been overlooked are going to get big spikes in popularity through this. Uncharted Territory massively helped Beyond Wrestling when they had it and in helping uh, springboard the careers of a lot of indie wrestlers that we now see on mainstream TV often. And if not, a lot of the people that are like the, the main people you see, and there's been some others that have been shunned out of wrestling, but we don't have to talk about them. But as far as uh, as far as this show and in this whole Southeast first thing, I mean, I'm I, I'll, I I will deep dive on this show on the weekend or this Sunday. So if people want to know, like I'll I'll make this my recommended show on IWTV, and I'll deep dive on like pretty much everyone on the show person by person. I'll probably talk about it for 20, 30 minutes. Um, but there's people on the on this show, guys like Merck, who is formerly known as Graham Bell, guys like Damian Tangra. Guys like Eli Knight and Landon Hale. I'm just kind of going down the card here. I mean, Ashton Starr, Bobby Flacco, Brogan Finley. Brogan Finley, the, the brother of Dave Finley, the son of Fit Finley, who's probably still... I, I remember I saw his like third match ever, and it was like a year ago. He's probably still not even 50 matches into his career, and the guy's going to be a massive star. I mean, other guys that mean a lot to the Southeast that are veterans. Guys like John Davis, guys like Anthony Henry, like... Bounces Forever, like you mentioned. Jaden Newman, who still is like right on the cusp of really breaking out. Bounces Forever. It's a big win. That's a big win over Alex Kane, by the way. Yes, I agree. And because, of course, you know, Alex Kane, with what he's doing in MLW especially, is like the openweight champion and stuff. When when it comes to Bounces Forever, they should be a part of the Blackpool Combat Club. Like, those guys would be so perfect for that group. Um, Formerly of Team Filthy, like, Give me Dominic Greeny and Kevin Koo in the Blackpool Combat Club. I want it so bad. Um, Eric Royal, a guy who means a ton to the Southeast because he's a longtime uh, action wrestling champion. Alex Shelley and AC Mack, um, you know, there, there's, there's, and well, sorry, I said Alex Shelley. Um, <laughs> wait, do I have the right card in front of me? Action IWTV Southeast first. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going through the other Southeast first show. Most of the same talent. You had, was on yeah, it show. was a lot of the same people. Yeah, um, so I, I'm I sorry. I, I, I completely wrong, catch on I pulled, that. But... I pulled up the wrong card because I know it was Slade and and AC Mac was the main event. Yeah, but uh, sorry, a lot a lot of the same talent was on this. I forgot that they had started. I forgot that they did a Southeast first show before Uncharted Territory started. I apologize. I pulled that card up, and that's what I was reading off of. A lot of the same talent, though, and you well, pretty much everyone I just mentioned, you will see during Uncharted Territory this season. Okay. Um, that all being said, AC Mack and, and Slade being the main event, that was another good one where, like, Slade, I'm still kind of lukewarm on Slade. I, I think he's he's good, but like he's super over some places and not so much others. I thought this was a great spot to have him in in this show because it made him look like a complete psychopath. AC Mac beats him and then he looks like he's going to end his life with a cinder block. And then that, that is how, um, uh, Kruger comes out to the, whatever they call him, uh, cruel Mads Kruger from MLW. Um, you know, Logan Creed also, you can call it whatever you want. Gigantic dude. Who's, who's good at wrestling. 
Um, you know, so they set up the future too with like Slade versus Kruger. That makes a lot of sense. Um, AC Mack defending the title on this show. And they've also teased AC Mack and, um, and Alec Price because kind of, they're kind of holding all the major titles right now when it comes to this show. So, um, so yeah, this was, this was good stuff. And I apologize for getting the two shows confused, but that's kind of easy to do when there's so much overlap in, in, in talent, but my um, favorite user, Robert R. So it's typical. Why are we Jason. even still acknowledging this man? Because he say, rules. I'll say this. I'll say this. Cause he rules. Hey, Robert, want to know something? I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every goddamn word that I have to say. As <laughs> he rules. Uh, Kate is in the chat. Kate says, hi, fly fellas. Jeremy looks rested. Get to work. I had food poisoning on Monday night, uh, which was very, very bad time. I didn't do anything on Tuesday, which was nice. So I probably am a little bit rested because I... I was bedridden all day on Tuesday. Um, it is your birthday? When is uh, when, when is your birthday? If I can potentially pull a headline that will pop you, I, I will. I'll try to just make something out of nothing. But when is your actual birthday? So I will. I'll try to to do that. Um, all right, Jensen. My birthday is May twenty second, so that's coming. Is up it? As well. All right. Yes, it is. I, I got a lot going on this month. A lot going on. I'm going to give a shout out right now. This is actually. Pulling back the curtain a little bit, my uh, my mother passed away actually on my 14th birthday. Believe okay. it or not, like Sorry. as as crazy as that is. So it's a 20 year anniversary of her passing, and that's also why I'm planning to donate my hair soon. And because she died of breast cancer, so I uh, I want to throw that out there too because I don't know how many chances I'll get between now and then to shout her out. But like you know, I just wanted to let people know that this is a real crazy month for me between the new job and like the anniversary of her passing and my birthday and mother's day and like a whole bunch of stuff. So this has been a, uh, this has been a weird month for me for a lot of reasons. And if I'm a little off at the end of the month, that's why, if that makes sense. So, um, completely understand. So, well, if you, if you need anything, you know, the FIFA community and my, myself are always here for you. So we, we got you back through all this Jensen. I'm sorry. For sure. Your sure. mom, but yes, we, we got you back through all of this. So Kate's a Saturday. Well, Kate, unfortunately, I won't write a headline because I don't work on Saturdays. All right. You you ain't getting me to do any work on Saturdays. Wait, especially hold on. not. What's the status on the Twitter? Is she oh, back for on Kate? Twitter? Yeah. No. I, I, I was wondering because I, I had a question to ask you about your potential new show on Overbooked that I may or may not uh have just spoiled that Kate has a potential new show on on overbooked uh drew's birthday is may 23rd jj's mom's birthday is is may 25th may is a big month for birthdays apparently good good on everybody i guess you know a lot of people what, what was six months ago from may uh what was, what was or nine say i don't fuck i'm terrible at <laughs> nine months ago what was nine months ago from may a lot of a lot of people were fucking Nine months ago in May <laughs> right, to, yeah. to have yeah. Jensen, Kate, Drew, JJ's mom. Uh, a lot of people fucking nine months ago. Is SP3 a May birthday also? Alex McCarthy's birthday is today. Fuck yeah. him, but it's his birthday today. <laughs> I don't want to say that. I don't know him. I don't know him super well. I know who he is, but I just, uh, you can say fuck we, have, we, have, we haven't crossed. We haven't really crossed paths. You I uh, say it. when is SP3's birthday? Oh, Kate, I didn't realize you deactivated. I thought I thought something had happened where like some some bullshit happened where like you got reported or something like that. I didn't realize you that was your call to do that. Okay, gotcha. 
everyone should deactivate. Oh, I didn't read the part about the violent threats because I wasn't on the screen. Well, I'm sorry to hear that part of it, but everyone should deactivate from Twitter. It's god awful. Um, all right. I, SP3 does not have his birthday listed on his uh, Twitter profile, so I don't know when his actual birthday is. But yeah, the point is, fuck Alex McCarthy. I think that's where I, I, I ended there. All right, major announcement, everybody. We have a huge announcement regarding the future of the spotlight. As people know, I don't know. I'm not to pre. Give me a story to pre-write, and I'll pre-write a headline. Uh, as people know, uh, we've we've kind of had time shifts. The, the past few weeks. We've been all over the place. I feel like we did one show at like six o'clock one week. We did another show. Wait, we've done five like a couple of times, like five thirty. It's been a little all over the place. Uh part of that was like WB Financials. Uh but part of that was Steven Jensen's uh shoot job that he has now. And so because of the the shoot job is just other schedules, uh my life as a a stepfather and, and kids and everything, we've decided the the best course of action for the show is it'll still be on Thursdays. We are going to get started every Thursday at 9.30 Eastern AM, all right? 9.30 in the morning. We are going to be an early show uh, from now on. So we'll be we'll be fresh off of Dynamite. The format will stay the, cha- the, the change. Uh, the format will stay the same. That, that will not change at all. We will still have a guest every week. Uh, but it'll be at, at 9.30. It'll still be about the, you know an hour and a half of us talking and then half an hour with a, a content creator or, or wrestler. So that is the, the permanent change. We'll be on every Thursday at 9.30 uh, for, for the spotlight. So still on youtube.com slash Fightful. You can always check the replay. You can always download the, the MP3. But yeah, earlier for the Brits, which will which will hopefully hopefully be good. I know we have a good British contingent, and yeah, morning for people. You'll have all day to kind of listen to it. Nothing really happens on a Thursday, right? It's Impact Day. No one cares about Impact, right? Right, JJ. Uh, yeah, Grab Sony hours. Grab Sony does very well at noon on on Saturdays. FMC. I think it would be if it wasn't a basketball podcast. I feel it would do well at that time slot. I know Degrassi dudes. Again, another thing where you guys go at ten. Which it, it does well. It's just it's a grassy podcast on a wrestling channel, and so for sure we, we didn't know what to expect going into that. Yes, yeah. but like I like the the morning stuff. It's much better. I, I've said this many times, but like I get up at six with, with the kids and everything, and, and get them get them going, uh, and then I start writing stuff all day. So I did not like doing shows at like five six o'clock, and I've made. You know, made exceptions for for these past couple of weeks because it just has been a um, a temporary thing. But it would be a long work day for me. Kids at home, kids are home at four, so it just becomes a lot to do stuff in the afternoon. That's why a lot of my content now will be morning, will be kind of like 12, 1, 2 o'clock kind of stuff. Because by four o'clock, kids being here, I like to check the fuck out. All right, I don't want to do anything else. I got I got a personal life to tend to by four o'clock, and I've already been working for ten hours, so I, I don't want to do anything after four. Uh, and I appreciate Jensen accommodating that as well with everything because we we talked about other times. We have day after dynamite on Fightful overbooked at four o'clock as well. So I think this all uh, worked out for the best. I think the the new time slot being in the morning will hopefully be good. People will have dynamite fresh in their memory and want to come hang out and talk about. That with us, along with everything else going on in the world of wrestling. So I'm excited for the the new early time next Thursday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. 
Yes, 100%. And also, shout out to our friends over at Late Night Grin. I know that Joe recently started an AM show. I just want people to know before they even go there that, like, the reason we're making this change is because this is the only time I can do the show on a Thursday, if, unless we did it at night, and that's going to cut into Jeremy's time where he needs to be with his family. So, like, this just happened to be the time, right? Once a yeah. week, 930 in the morning. This isn't in response or anything to anything else that's going on. It's strictly the only time that I'm available. Because I remember when I first got on the show with you, some people hit me up like, you're trying to replace Joe. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like we're all good friends. Like I talk to Joe all the time. Like, you know, so, so I just wanted to, I wanted to throw that out there. Um, and then also there was, um, oh yeah. A programming note. There will be no Degrassi dudes again tomorrow for the same, the same reasons why we haven't been able to do it the last few weeks. It's, it's scheduling on my end with a new job, but me and SP three are working to either get a new date and time or, figuring out the best way of doing Degrassi dudes going forward. It may continue to be live on Fridays at, at around 10 AM. It's just, it's going to be a work in progress. And we are also planning to have an extension of Degrassi dudes called nerds of the nineties where, where we're going to talk like just obscure nineties TV shows. So we won't, we has, there's so much Degrassi to talk about because the show has been on, it was on for so long that like we can do that show for years and never cover the same topic, you know, twice, but we always catch ourselves in these little conversations about shows like saved by the bell. So we did like an entire Degrassi dudes on saved by the bell. Um, we've been talking about doing a, my brother and me show forever and just talking about every episode of my brother and me. We've been talking about a lot of that kind of stuff. So just keep that in mind, y'all me and SP three, we've been talking behind the scenes. We are, the show's not over. We're going to keep everything going. It's just with my new work schedule, it's just been a, it's been a wild transition uh, to, to, to schedule all this stuff. And, and one of my main things when I took this job and I even told this to, to my new employers, I said, I, it's really important to me for my own mental health that I keep being able to do the majority of what I'm already doing for Fightful. Like I made that really clear to them. I was like, I really want to at least have this Thursday show. I just got to find the time that I can do it. I, I, my, my Wednesday or my weekender doesn't, that won't be affected because that's on Sundays uh, post shows for impact with Denise and stuff like that's on weekends. So it was, I've kept this in mind throughout the entire process is like, I, I'm not leaving any of y'all, even the people that don't want me here. Like I'm doing everything I can <laughs> to continue to be a part of this. Cause I love fightful. I love being able to talk about wrestling and it's been cool. How, like, even just the, even though it's just been the last few weeks, my love of wrestling is, is growing even more than it was because like wrestling became my complete job. Wrestling and MMA became my complete job for the last like four or five years for the most part between podcasting and video editing and that kind of stuff. And I love wrestling. Don't get me wrong. I, you can't watch as much indie wrestling as I do unless you love it. But now it's kind of like that feeling again of like my, I have my work life and I make my money that way and they're paying me really well. And it's a good job and it's a great opportunity and now in my free time, I'm a wrestling fan and it's making me even more excited to talk about wrestling because I'm doing so much non-wrestling stuff throughout the day, if that makes sense. So I think it's going to make for better content for y'all, if I'm being completely honest. It's just been a transition of, of, of finding the right times to keep all this going. And luckily me and Jeremy, 
we got something figured out. Me and SP3 are in the process of figuring that out. And anything I do on the weekends for post shows, watch alongs, weekender pods, that stays completely unaffected because my shoot job has nothing to do with the weekends. So, and, and for me, this actually is my, my life and I can't stand any of wrestling, but I will always love this business. Uh, I guess as far as, uh, late night grin and competing against them. I actually texted Joseph. I was like, Hey, I think we're going at nine 30. Cause that's like the only time we can do. And I didn't realize like 10 AM was going to be a permanent thing. I know he did it once. And then he said, Oh, this seems to work. Let's see if we can do it. Uh, and yeah, he, he was obviously cool with it. And he's like, I'm doing about a million shows now. So at some point we're probably going to run into each other. I was like, yes, I'm very happy with everything you were, you were doing. Uh, if I can go to, you know, the late night grin YouTube, late night You can go to wrestle Pierce. Joseph is all over uh, there as well. They, they're doing I think like daily news podcast over there. Uh, Montel, great, great dude um, at wrestle Pierce. So yes, everyone, you can support all of this stuff. There's plenty of content for everybody. Uh, you know, maybe we will start a war, raise the viewership for, for both uh, things. That's how this works, right? Like when you're actually like, you know, competing against each other, that both of us kind of uh, go up and then, when we're not against each other, everyone just kind of stays the same and no viewers actually come back. That's what happened with AEW and NXT, right? Everyone just thought like, oh, AEW is going to gain 800,000 viewers and it didn't happen. Oh, NXT is going to gain a million viewers and it didn't happen. So yeah, it's a brand split more than a uh, competition war or anything yes joseph and i are (laughs) joseph and i are great we we are on we've always been on great terms and he understood and i understood with everything all right everybody yeah (laughs) all right so that was long-winded no wonder i don't know why you keep reading i'm I'm, it's so good he pops me listen i'm i'm gonna be totally honest like if you keep reading his stuff out i'm gonna just Block him from the chat. Like I'm gonna be completely honest. Like I you can't keep. You're not logged into the stream yard. I mean, I could get the code real quick. Yeah. That's hard. But I uh listen. I'm. I appreciate people watching. But like, I can't. I can't keep just when when every when every when every other comments positive. I can't just sit here and focus on just the negative comments. You know what I mean? Like that's unhealthy. <laughs> I don't do it on Twitter. I'm not gonna do it here. That is fair. You know what? If, and, and that is very fair. If uh I think Robert is doing a bit. And like he's me just, too. He's trolling. Yes, I have no problem with that. Because what he's saying isn't offensive. It's totally fine. But it's the fact that you keep reading it when we have all these other people saying like productive stuff all day in the chat, and they're not getting any love. They are. But, I'm. I'm. I've outright outed JJ and, and Kate. Kaden is here. Kaden is making a uh, a FMC graphic for us. He's on FMC every week with the the hockey talk. Uh, Drew is here. I always show the chat love. You Robert are now. How driver finisher? And yeah, I mean, we can go through the list now in hindsight, but it's like <laughs> my my point is this: like, I don't. Here's the thing. Once again, he's not saying anything offensive, so it's like it's, it's he can say whatever he wants to. But my thing is like, I don't. I just don't want to focus on the negative when there's so much positive. You know. That's fair. That's very fair. All right, Robert. I'm sorry. I'm not reading. Anymore, you know, I will put Robert in hey, time. Hey, out. buddy. Hey, buddy. There. No, I, and that wasn't even me. And, and here's the thing: you want to send super chats? We will put it up on screen. You can say whatever you want about me, as long as that has nothing to do with something that's that. like personally gives, offensive. Gives us a bunch of money there. Robert's on timeout for five minutes. All right. Well, here's the thing. Here, here, here's here's and here's why this is messed up. What you just did because. Robert just got blocked because you're reading his stuff out. I didn't tell you to block him based on what yeah, you're saying. I, I said it's because you keep reading it out. Yeah. I feel bad that I that I read it out and 
So I had to take it out on Robert. I'm sorry, Robert. I actually like you and you pop me. But I got to I gotta make good with my co-host here. He's more important to me than you are. Like I said, he can say whatever he wants in the chat as long as it isn't crossing like that personal boundary. You know what I mean? And he, and he isn't. He's not even anywhere near crossing that boundary. But um, but it's it's the attention that bothers me. It's like like we could we could be sitting here all day reading these these great comments that people are leaving about the stuff we're actually talking about, not this guy who just has a hard on for making fun of me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> trust me, I appreciate a good troll. I I have trolled many of people in my time in the internet over the last you know thirty plus years. But at a certain point, it's just unhealthy. You know what I mean? Just weird at a certain point. I feel that. I'm sorry for reading out the comments, Jensen. Robert, you can keep trolling. I will. I will no longer read them unless you send us money, and then I'll yeah, if you send us money, we'll read it. But but I don't see that money either, to be fair. So um, I don't either. Yeah, Just goes yeah, yeah. goes so, that fucking yeah. greedy money bag, Sean Ross Sapp. That's who like, gets it. Like, Jimmy Van, who doesn't give me any of it. That's who gets all the money, not us. The working men. We get paid to do the show. Don't get us wrong. We get something. To do I don't. The show. I don't get paid well, to do oh, this well, show. I, okay, we're not going to talk about money here on the show. Um, but the point is, if you send a super chat, we will read it. But like, that's not you. Here's the thing: that's going to motivate Robert probably even more. So, Robert, you can send a super chat. We will read it, but and you will have the added um, the added win in your mind because we don't even see any of that. So, I don't. I don't get paid. You get paid to do this show. Am I supposed to get paid to do this show? Sean's just like, here's five bucks. Write a bunch of articles, and I'm like, do I get paid for anything else that I do? He's like, no. I'm like, all right, well. I enjoy I enjoy this business, so I'll just I'll just keep I'll just keep doing all this stuff. I gotta get paid to do this show. Shit, I just kept doing it out of the kindness of my heart. That's that's annoying. Yeah. Joel Pearl says, what if the troll was Robert Rude? Could be. He's not doing anything, is he? If that troll was Robert Rude, I have plenty <laughs> I could say. <laughs> but... He's not doing anything. What is Robert Rude doing? No, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. We've already given this way too much attention. Um, I'm trying to stall for five minutes to see what he comes back with, just to see what he's. Well, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I mean, even if we're running the, uh, running the uh, interview, I mean, he'll. Oh, actually, I kind of that might work out well because at a point during this interview with Alex, I even mentioned haters in the comments, and like that's probably going to come up again here in a second. By the way, y'all, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. I'll be on there at some point tonight, but it's looking like with the half-hour interview about to come up, it'll probably be about a half-hour of me on stream playing Mario Kart. I Because I, 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 I got a hard out at, a, at, at 8 p.m. tonight. But, um, I mean, what do you want to do here, Jeremy? Do you want to run the interview, or do you want to sit here and wait for Robert to troll me some more so we can talk about it? Like, Kenny, you, you don't get paid for, for FMC. You, you don't get paid anything. For that, uh, I will pay you for for the graphic. The only thing I don't get paid for at Fightful is the things I do on Fightful Overbooked. I'll say that. Everything else I get paid for. I would like to get everybody paid for for Fightful Overbooked, but yeah, that is something that is just a a vanity project that I had to rebrand. Uh, I don't know why I called it a vanity project. It's really not, but it's something that I had to rebrand and, and refocus on. And now I had to just reshift a bunch of stuff, and we're still working on on all of that but i would like to at some point make that sufficient enough to where people get a dollar or two from yeah, that of course but, well that's basically for twitch i mean i can, I'm basically don't get paid for twitch either but those kind of things that that's for love of the game i like yes. that i can talk about degrassi with my friend sp3 like we were doing that show for free on another platform before overbooked anyway so like 
I didn't have, I don't have any gripes about it, but that's just full transparency. Like if for people who wonder, you know, like, yeah, I, I like the weekender and post shows and watch along and stuff. Yeah. Most of us, that. most of us are doing this because we, we love, uh, the business, the, the content side, uh, really pulling back the curtain here, the content side in the most profitable thing in the world. Most of my money does come from the fact that I crank out. That doesn't sound good. Mm. Uh, I, I write, I, I write 20 articles a day and, and, and the lead writer when it comes to the new stuff content wise, I don't see much from, all right? I don't see much from, so. I like pile drivers comment there. I would like for no one to get paid unfair to the viewers. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right, everybody. We're Robert's out. All right, time for the interview so we can't, yeah, all right, let's go. All right, everybody. Uh, creator Spotlight this week is Alex, Queen of the Ring. Uh, you may know her from Church of Joshi podcast. She does uh, Spotify, uh, or Complex has a deal with Spotify, the Complex Wrestling Podcast. She's been on WWE uh, Digital. We get into all of that. We also talk about a little bit of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, which confused Steven Jensen. She showed us the coolest thing in her room. Alex is tremendous. I hope everybody enjoys her story of how she got into the wrestling media and how she went from... Literally just a fan at, at WrestleMania to appearing on WWE Digital Programming. Here's our Creator Spotlight with Alex. Welcome back, everyone, to the Creator Spotlight here on the Spotlight on Fightful.com. A familiar face who you may know, Alex, Queen of the Ring, is here from host of uh, Complex Unsanctioned, also Church of Joshi. Alex, how you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. I actually just got back from the Pottery Studio. I've been That's been my new hobby, so... Apologize if I'm like covered in clay. <laughs> I mean, we gotta ask, what have you been making? Yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I've been making planters honestly because one of my bamboo plants, the the hold the potter, like broke, and I'm like, well, I have access to a studio now, so I might as well make one. So, yeah, I've been making some planters and just like some pinch bowls here and there but very nice. it's been a good journey. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's always good to have some hobbies. Like that's always a thing that I always tell people, like, you know, have something to go, like take your mind off stuff that like you feel like you can get better at too. Like if it's a new thing, like you're, you'll get better at pottery over time and you'll like see like the progression and it'll make you feel good. Like it's, it's good to have like hobbies like that. Yeah. Especially when you're in wrestling media for sure. Yeah. You need a break. You're like, <laughs> yes. I'm sure y'all are, y'all already know where it's just like, especially being on wrestling Twitter, especially like dealing with everything. Like you just need a break. Chuck your phone across the room and just unplug, you know? <laughs> you've you've got to log off just a lot, honestly, but you definitely got to have those breaks and get away from all of that. Uh, Alex, I want to get started by asking you, how did you get started like in the wrestling media world? Uh, it's It's been a long journey. I've been doing this for five years now. Um, so I was an actor. That's how I've just been so comfortable in front of cameras and everything. Uh, I went to acting school. Uh, I went to a college for acting and studied theater. 
Um, and I mean, I've loved wrestling all my life because I have two older brothers and I grew up in the 90s. So they were like suplexing me for days, you know, pile drivers. <laughs> and especially like being born and raised in New York, you know, whenever WWE was always in Madison Square Garden, like it was just such a huge spectacle in my household. So wrestling has always been a part of my life. Uh, and, you know, I had breaks here and there. Obviously, when you're in high school, I'm sure y'all know when, you know, you're in high school and people are like, you're still watching that? And you're like, ah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not watching that, you know? But especially, you know, as a girl, I was just like, oh, I'm definitely not watching wrestling. What are you talking about, you know? Uh, but, yeah, it's just always been in my life. And I went to school for acting and, you know, wrestling's kind of the same thing it's theater it's drama pageantry um so i went to my first wrestlemania which was wrestlemania 33 that was in orlando and i was just sitting there i was with my friends i was with my uh ex-boyfriend at the time and there was just i remember these like two huge dudes sitting behind us and how i am now i was just like going off about this move and that wrestler and this wrestler and, and what their gear was wearing and this and that. And like, uh, these guys were like, man, I've never met a girl like you before that like is into wrestling. Like, do you have a podcast? Like you all are just gelling together. And I was like, no, I don't have a podcast, but that seems like something I should do because at the time I was auditioning and you know, the struggling, the good old New York story of a struggling actor. I was bartending and, I, and you know, I was doing stand up and improv in the city and I studied UCB. So I was like, I want to do something more. And especially, you know, I guess, I guess like four or six years ago, YouTube was such a huge thing, especially for actors. Like you'd always put your reels up there or your audition tapes up there. So I was like, okay, I have some experience with YouTube and sitting down and recording myself. So why not do this with something that I love, which is wrestling. So I took a whole year to study like algorithm and YouTube and podcasting and coming up with a name and I was first I first came up with Queen of the Mat and I was like that's weird I don't think I like that <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw Beth Phoenix had a shirt on pro wrestling tees and it said Queen of the Ring and so I copied and pasted that logo and <laughs> into Photoshop and I made my own logo which was Queen of the Ring and then the rest is history. My first event I went to was the 2018 Royal Rumble, which was the first all women's Royal Rumble. And that was the first event I vlogged myself. And even vlogging, like I just, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, why not? The camera's on and I know how to turn it on. So yeah, it's been like that ever since. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to probably jump around quite a bit here yeah. because I've got to ask next, hearing you, you going to your first uh, like WrestleMania and everything. I was there as well at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. That was an awesome show um, and like the venue and everything. That's still my profile picture ever since like on all my social media is, is me at WrestleMania 33 because I thought like the set looked so cool and everything. And, and so, but so fast forward a few years and you wind up actually 
like doing stuff with the WWE, like with like, you know, their, their actual production and like talking to, to people. Was it the bump that you did? It, it was. Yeah, I yeah. did. I was a part of the bump and then I did the Royal Rumble watch along uh, for 2021 last year. That's and then, right. Yeah. And then I did the ultimate series, which is like ultimate WrestleMania and ultimate backlash. See, I remember seeing that pop up on Twitter because I'm pretty, I'm pretty disconnected from the WWE product nowadays. Like I yeah. just, I've, I live more so in like the, the indie world and AEW and stuff, but I obviously I pay attention to WWE because like you, you got to, if you follow wrestling, you got to at the very least be following. And I remember thinking it was so cool seeing stuff popping up on Twitter that you were actually doing stuff on WWE programming. So congratulations to you. First of all, though, that is awesome. Going from a fan just like five years ago to being on the shows. And I do remember seeing that about the bump and about the watch alongs and all that. And like, so how did that come to be? Like who reached out to you and like, how did that happen? Uh, so one of the producers from the bump DM'd me and it was in my request folder. And I saw it was in my request folder and I was like, this can't be real. Uh, <laughs> so I DM'd him back and sure enough, he was real. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought it was just some troll, like just trying to, you know, there's trolls everywhere all over the internet, especially wrestling Twitter. Oh, there's uh, probably some in the comments watching right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. <laughs> So he he reached out to me uh, and um, and it was like, hey, we might have a position opening up for the bump, but we'd love to have you on and do something, get some interviews in or something with you. And I was like, there's no way that this is real. Like, I still was pinching myself the whole time because when I started this, that was never a part of the goal. I don't have any goals even now. Like, I just go with the flow and I do anything that makes me happy. Um, and especially again, with wrestling media, like there's so much to catch up on, you know, there's so much to, to digest and then to review and then predictions and uh, like it, there's so much. And it was, I just, when I started this, that was never a part of the goal to like work with WWE. It just happened. And uh, yeah, they reached out to me and then we did the, the bump with the Royal Rumble. They said that they were gonna do a watch along on YouTube and if I would like to be a part of it. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So I was a part of it and then I was on the bump and uh, it was funny enough, the episode I was on the bump where I had to pick my numbers for their Royal Rumble predictions, they were interviewing Charlotte Flair and I'm on screen cause I, you know, I had to do it through Zoom and I'm getting ready and they're in my ear and they're like, okay, we're going to uh, count you in, in, in about five. And oh yeah, like Charlotte Flair is going to be here. So you'll have a chance to talk to her. And I'm like, <laughs> real casual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, huh? no heads up. Just like, Are you, you, you ask Charlotte, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I guess like it was good marketing for them. Cause like queen of the ring and then the queen Charlotte Flair, it's like, this is great, but what the heck you could have gave me like a day warning or something kind of like a five minute warning. So it's like, we go live and they're like, oh, this is Alex, Queen of the Ring. Like, Char do you have anything to say to Charlotte? And like, she was just promoting Mountain Dew. And I was like, I, 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 so nice to see you, Mountain Dew. It's great, right? Yeah, Baja Blast. Like, I have no idea what to say to her. <laughs> but I, I guess I pulled myself off very well. <laughs> 
what if she just started cutting a promo on you and be like, you're, I'm the real queen of the ring. Like, what, what is this? How do you respond to pan, something like that? See, I would pan the camera to the floor and start bowing down. Like, what do you do? <laughs> That's a good what response, do do? yes. Yeah. That would so, be very good. Yeah, so, like, she was super cool. And then, like, we did that. And then it aired the next day. Um, and then we did the the uh, the watch along, and I just so happened to win the Royal Rumble prediction because I drew number three, and that was Bianca Belair, and then she won the Royal Rumble that that year. So then uh, I guess you know built up a good relationship with them, and they invited me out to their studio to do the Ultimate WrestleMania, and that was just insane because you know you're driving up to stanford i don't know how to drive so my friend <laughs> drew drove me i'm like a pure new yorker i have i do not have my license so my friend's driving me and he's like this is the coolest shit that you've ever done ever i'm like yeah i don't know how i got here and that's that's like a, a running joke that i always have with myself is like I don't know how I got here. I just exist in this space and people just seem to be happy that I'm here. Uh, so yeah, I went there and then they had all these like, they had like takers jacket and like WrestleMania signs and everything. And it was just like so, so wild. And like the studio where they filmed the bump was there. So it was really great to work with everyone and all the producers and, you know, uh, uh, Matt and Ryan and Sam, like they were, absolute sweethearts and they were they welcomed me with open arms and i was petrified i really was because it's intimidating like first of all the whole set <laughs> there is just intimidating on its own they have all this like old memorabilia and of course you don't want to be a mark <laughs> but i did sneak in a point at the wrestlemania because the <laughs> wrestlemania sign because you couldn't you could not you know you but, got to yeah you got to uh but yeah it was just it was so wild and I like I still can't believe that I did that because again like like you said like I went from being a fan like literally my entire life because uh, again you know I grew up watching that since like I was a wee little thing and when I know you're a, lo a long time Shawn Michaels fan uh, pr pr presumably from his run in the 90s originally so I, I yeah was Listen, I was looking for some Shawn Michaels memorabilia, a jacket, a hat, or something. They didn't have some it. Earrings, but, something to something to maybe snatch up. Yes, and to be honest, might be good because I would have snatched it up. Exactly. I would have like, I don't know where it went. Sorry. But yeah, it was just so wild. Like, you know, it just like proved that if you work hard and you believe in yourself and you're happy with the product that you're putting out into the world, like you know, things will happen. And again, it was never a part of my goals to work with them, but they liked what I was doing and they were very specific that they liked. Uh, I made that Shawn Michaels video on my YouTube channel where it's like top five favorite Shawn Michaels gear. And again, that's like me bored with a green screen during the pandemic and just being like, what can I do for a video? You know, I did wrestling ASMR where I'm tapping on <laughs> championship belts like ASMR and whispering promos. Like it's just me in my bedroom just having a good time. So it's just the journey is wild. <laughs> I think a lot of stuff just starts like that. You're just kind of doing what makes you happy and doing what, what yeah. is fun for you. And then you never know where it actually leads to. Um, and another thing that you got going on is uh, the complex unsanctioned podcast on Spotify. Now this is a, a new thing this year. And like, I know tonight, this will, this will actually air tomorrow. So by the time this is out, big swole was on the show uh, last night. And then you've, you've interviewed people like Liv Morgan, uh, Faye Jackson has been on Jade Cargill has been on. Like, how did this whole thing come about? 
Again, I don't know. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, <laughs> it was actually uh, my co-host, Sir Wilkins. He, uh, this is pr pretty much his baby because he uh, wanted to do this podcast for a while and he had some connections with Complex. And Complex, like, again, another network that's just, how am I even here? Because they do hot ones and I love hot ones. I watch that show all the time and then their sneaker show that they have. Um, so yeah, it was, this was his pretty much creation. And I guess they were looking for a co-host and my name came about and I remember he DM'd me, which is funny enough how business inquiries just happens with DMs instead of emails. <laughs> these That's days. how everything works yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always like, you never know like how, how professional you should be in a DM versus like an email and stuff. Cause everyone's so casual in DMs usually, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, do I throw an emoji or not? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he DM'd me and he was like, hey, did you get an email from Complex? And I was like, no. And then I got an email from Complex and I got the notification. I was like, oh, I did. BRB. And then they emailed me and they're like, hey, we're, we're doing a, a wrestling podcast and we'd be interested in you, you know, if you'd like to be a guest. Uh, and your guest would, your co host would be Sir Wilkins. And I remember Sir Wilkins because he's from New York and seeing him at indie shows, especially like shows like Evolve and Battle Club Pro. So I knew who he was and I was very familiar with his other podcast called Jobber Tears Podcast. And I, I clicked with him very well. Like whenever we saw each other in person, we just always, you know, said hi to each other. I always had nice things to say and the same back. And I was surprised he wanted to work with me. And I was like, yeah, sure, well, let's do this. And then it's it blossomed into this. And I didn't know it was going to be like this. We're, we're on Spotify Live, which is a brand new app on Spotify. And it's, it's really cool because it's basically like Twitter spaces a little bit, you know, like Clubhouse Twitter spaces where we are actually live and the audience can participate and they're in the chat. And like when we had Liv Morgan on, like all the Liv Morgan fans came through, <laughs> all of them, which was cool because like, you know, the, the, the chat was just going off with questions for her. But it's nice because I feel like with the name Complex, there are, you know, these superstars, these wrestlers that come on and sometimes they could just like turn it off a little bit, you know, because whenever wherever they go, yes, they have to promote themselves, the company, the, the shows that they're on, you know, especially Liv Morgan. At the time, you know, she was on promoting WrestleMania. But when she was on, we were talking to her about horror movies and her love of crystals and, you know, and tarot cards and everything. And I think that's the beauty of the show is that, you know, wrestlers will come on and they'll they'll talk about wrestling. They'll talk about their journeys, their gear and all that stuff. But I personally, I love to know who the person is, you know, and I love to know who, what they're into, what inspires them beyond wrestling. Because, you know, you have people like Jade Cargill, when she was on, it was super cool because she was talking about her love of N64 games and she loved GoldenEye. But that's the thing is that these, these people that we love watching every single week, they have other interests besides wrestling, you know? And that's why, you know, Jade Cargill will come out dressed as Storm because she loves X-Men and she, like relates to that character and even Liv Morgan herself when she comes out with this like Britney Spears gear like it's it, there's these other interests that I think 
there is a market for that. And again, like, you know, when Xavier Woods is doing up, up, down, down, and he's having these superstars come on and talk about like video games and their love for it. Like that's the stuff that I always love as a fan, you know, when talking about contracts and everything, I know Fightful does that a lot, but I myself as a fan, I never had really that much interest in that. So it's nice to cater to a different department within the niche of wrestling within the show. So, yeah. Yeah, that's all Sean Ross sap. He wants the contract information, <laughs> not Jensen and I. If wrestlers want to come on here and talk to Jensen and I, we want to talk about like matches and we'll get into some non-wrestling stuff. I yeah. don't care about contract stuff. He needs the scoops. That's why. Exactly. <laughs> Liv, if you want to come on and talk about Chucky, you know she's a big Chucky fan. You want to come on yeah. and talk about Chucky? We can do that. Hey, Jay Cargo, if you want to come on and talk about Nintendo 64, yes. I, I got you on that all day. Um, so I lived in Nashville, Tennessee for about 10 years or so mm-hmm. and before moving to Atlanta a couple of years ago, kind of right around the time of the pandemic. And I used to go to a lot of shows around Nashville. And one of the best friends that I made while I lived there is named Kayla. And <laughs> I was I was first exposed to you through her, mainly through your, y'all's Twitch communities. Mm-hmm. And I've never asked, how did you and Kayla meet? So we met at wrestlemania 34 we met in new orleans and before that we were following each other and uh by then i was already queen of the ring i was already doing youtube and um we we met like we were just following each other on instagram and i remember instantly i was like that girl looks really cool and i really want to be her friend and i think our connection with uh collar and elbow because i think she was like featured on their page and i was as well that's how we followed each other and she slid into my dms that's exact again dms that's the running theme for the show (laughs) but she slid into my dms and she's like are you going to new orleans i'd love to meet you and i was like yeah i am and i remember collar and elbow was having like this bourbon street party at a club with kevin nash and i was like i'm not a clubber and i was bartending and i don't like the idea of going to a bar or a club like that that's just me i like going but it's just like you know i'm not a partier like that and i dm'd her and i was like are you going to this and she was like sweetie no i'm old i'm not going to that <laughs> i was like okay cool let's go to other shows together and we just like instantly clicked and then we were at wrestlemania we were going to shows we went to progress uh and then we went to spring break joy janela spring break and then it was the monday before raw that day we went to the museum of death in new orleans and then that's how we just clicked we clicked through true crime and we were talking about mine hunters and we were in the museum of death and like we're like bonding while we're looking at john wayne gacy's like pictures that he drew in prison <laughs> it was it was great it was a magical time uh and then we were just inseparable ever since like we just had other interests like drag race we loved rupaul's drag race and then um just so much music and movies and horror and like marvel and star wars and like there was just so much that we bonded over besides wrestling so that's where we met and we've just been inseparable ever since and um then when the pandemic hit we would have skype parties like everybody else would but we'd watch wrestling and there was one night where she wasn't on our Skype party 
uh, we were watching Akira Hokuto versus Manami Toyota. And everybody on the Skype call was losing our fucking minds because like we'd never watched that match. And we were like, what is this? This is so cool. So then I discovered it was Joshi Wrestling. And then Kayla had already started up her Twitch channel. And she was like, I want to do like a show on my Twitch channel. I'd love to do something with you. And I was like, why don't we just get into Joshi Wrestling? Like that was it was a form of wrestling that we had never dipped our toes into. So we we're like, let's do it together, you know, and so that's how we recreated Church of Joshi. And it really just started from us just wanting to get more into the the art of Joshi. And we always say like, we're no experts. We don't know a thing. We're two years into it now. Like we're a little bit of experts now. But if, at the time we were just like, you know, we don't know anything about Joshi. So if anybody wants to come watch us every Sunday, and watch wrestling with us and watch Joshi. Like if you're experts, educate us, you know? And I think that's the beauty with us because, you know, we're two women in wrestling who are always told like, oh, well, if you don't know this person, you don't know wrestling, or if you haven't watched this match and it's just all like BS at the end of the day from some of the fandom. So I think the beauty with us in Church of Joshi is that we've created this path and this community where it's just like, you don't need to be a smart, you know? You don't need to know everything. And if you don't know anything, feel free to ask us because we'll gladly educate you. And we'd love to be educated as well because that's the beauty about wrestling is that there's so much happening right now where nobody needs to know everything that's going on. And also you don't need to love everything that's going on too. Like there's just so much happening, especially now where it's like what, 15 years ago, there was barely any wrestling to watch. And even there was barely access for any wrestling to watch. So like, it, you know, what's the point of, you know, being in this community, being in this fandom and just acting like a, you know, fucking smart ass. <laughs> no, I, you, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. This is stuff I always talk about. Like it's wrestling is so all a cart now with so many great options that like you can really pick and choose what you like and what you don't. And you don't have to, you know, bitch about everything you don't like like you just watch something you like it's like really easy to like find good wrestling that you're going to be into you know what i mean yeah and there's always there's always going to be somebody where it's just like well you don't like the le wrestling that i like so blah, blah, blah. there's always going to be that person but you know what that person can stay in their corner because we're very accepting towards like, and even besides Joshi, like Kayla's on her Twitch channel watching Lucha Underground and she's never watched it. And there's people that's watching with her that's like excited to see her reactions. And it's the same way with Church of Joshi when we watch it. Like there are, rest, there are matches that we've never watched before. Like uh, I remember she watched a Megami Kudo match and I've, I've watched Megami Kudo and my mind is still blown with the performances that she's put on, but it's fun to watch my best friend experience this. And it's also fun where it's just like, where I have a question about it, if something that I might not know about an event, like there are people that, that are there to educate us and hold our hands a little bit. And it's like, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be upset that we don't like the wrestling that they like, but you know, to each their own like it's it's such an open world now where again like you know i'm sure y'all experienced it in your it, when you went to high school like you'd get bullied for liking wrestling sometimes you know and even now when we're well in our 30s and people still look at us like we like wrestling but then they love john cena they love the rock you know and sometimes they come to us and they're like hey it's 
Ronda Rousey is wrestling? Like, what's going on there? You know, and we're here to educate them. So it, it, it's so funny because that, that doesn't change for some people. Cause like I there's a guy that I work with like outside of wrestling, like in like a just like a normal job that I used to work with. And he is an older guy, about 10 years older than me, real strong southern accent. So this is me being him, but yeah. I, I saw on his desk he had these like these little um they're like Funko mystery mini uh WWE figures that he had. Oh, yeah. He had like he had like a little like uh he had like a little sting, like a little razor Ramon or something on his desk. And I was like, hey man, this is like my first day. And I'm like, hey man, you like wrestling? And he was like, no, man, you know, my kids are into it. I just kind of, they got so many toys at their place. I just, I just bring them in and I, I just, I just have them here. So I don't to throw them away. And I was like, dude, I have like a wrestling podcast and like, I'm like super into it. And he was like, yeah, man, I watch Raw every Monday. It's like, I unlocked it with him right now. Ever since like, we always just talk about wrestling. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but people are afraid they don't want to get bullied because they don't want to, they don't want to make fun of liking wrestling which is yeah silly, you know? there's there's that guard you got to put up sometimes where it's like yeah you, like you gotta feel it out a little yeah. bit you know and especially now where it's just like with aw being a thing i feel like a lot of people are really into it you know where it's like there is a difference between aw fans and wwe fans especially like mainstream where it's like mainstream aw fans were like what is this? Like, what am I watching? You know, and the same thing with WWE fans, but there is like both in itself, both fan bases. And again, it's an open world. There's that excitement of like, oh, I found somebody else that likes wrestling. And then you like come into work that like Sunday after and Monday, it's like, did you see the pay-per-view? Oh my God, that was so crazy. You know? Yes. <laughs> I know we got to wrap up soon, but I'm going to ask you two quick ones. First one is favorite drag queen <sighs> i have to pick just one <laughs> you can name a couple you can name a couple. okay okay i love trixie mattel i love oh trixie very mattel. nice yes she's, she's so great. great i love her she is such a goofball i've seen her live a couple of times and nice. she's amazing um i really love uh sasha velour because I actually okay. got to see her performances in Brooklyn a couple of times, and she's amazing. I saw uh, her live. She she was great. Yeah, she's really, really yes. good. She puts she's on a very, really, really great show. Yeah, she puts on a really great show. Very memorable show. Yes. And I do love Bob the Drag Queen. And I oh, love okay. his podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His podcast, <laughs> Sibling Rivalry. And he's just, like, always going off with Monet Exchange. But I love Bob the Drag Queen. And I think his stand-up, like is is something else like it's a he has a really good uh stand-up routine i think he's probably one of the funniest drag queens that's entered like the workroom <laughs> oh see see bianca del rio is forever my queen she is she's fantastic i, I i've seen her live and she's she kills it she kills it she's, uh, she's by far my favorite <laughs> she is she is but it's the best it's the i know best. i love it i love it i love it she she deserved that win like she won she with did. flying colors that season yeah. <laughs> uh and then and then last one coolest thing you have in your room Whatever. it seems like there's a lot of cool things <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot of cool things uh hold on i'll get my biggest cool thing that i need both hands hold on one second all right 
I know I lost Jensen completely on the drag race talk. I was actually trying to look them up as you were saying that. <laughs> I found I found Bianca Del Rio. I, I was just trying to see who you, who you were talking about. I don't know anything about that world. I got this. It was like my 23rd birthday. And I had the money and I went to a comic book store. And Rogue is my favorite X-Men. I love the X-Men so much. And it was like... I, ha I had my hard-earned money. I was bartending at that time, and I really wanted to splurge on myself for the birthday gift. And so I got this, like, rogue figure, and she's, like, destroying a sentinel. It's so great. It this Very is, like, sweet. the coolest non-wrestling thing that I own. <laughs> and I think this would be something I would save if there was ever a fire here. <laughs> Very cool. I love to it. get it, yeah. That and I also nice. just watched Multiverse of Madness. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, let the people know where they can find you at. Yes. So this is going to be a long list. Bear with me. That's if you okay. want to listen to uh, the Liv Morgan episode, Jade Cargill, Bianca Belair from Complex Unsanctioned, you can follow us on Spotify. We go live on Spotify Live every Monday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And if you want to get into Joshi Wrestling, you can follow Church of Joshi everywhere on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Patreon, Church of Joshi. We have really cool exclusive stuff. We watch more matches there. We have a good time there. And we go live every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern time over on twitch.tv slash KaylaVision. I also have a Twitch channel where I've been diving into the world of Total Divas and it's been unhinged, but I love every second of it. Uh, so you can follow me on twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring and then Queen of the Ring with two G's on Twitter, underscore Queen of the Ring on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok, Queen of the Ring. I've been diving into that world and I believe that is it. Oh, also. Grassi, which she has been a part of the Grassi dudes so she is in rarefied air as a guest on that show <laughs> so it was really good to see you again Alice it's been a minute but it was great to catch up with you yeah it's great to catch up with y'all thank you so much for having me on this show it's it's so much fun <laughs> thank you for joining us Alex we, we really appreciate it guys we'll be right back here on the spotlight we're back as I load everything up there's Steven Jensen hello Steven Jensen hey uh, we appreciate Alex for, for joining us on the Creator Spotlight. Uh, Jensen, go ahead and plug anything you would like to plug. Okay, well, really quick, just because we went through the whole episode without mentioning it somehow, shout out to Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy for their match last night at Dynamite. I wanted to throw that out there real quick. The stuff Darby was doing off that ladder was like, that was insane. Um, I wanted to throw that out before the end of the show. Um, as far as the stuff I got going on, um, here, like, in minutes... Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Check it out. Me and Joel are going to play Mario Kart for like a half hour. If you have a Nintendo Switch, I think you'll be able to jump in with us still, even though it's a last minute thing that we're kind of doing. Um, the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday, FightfulSelect.com, talking the world of independent professional wrestling. And that's pretty much it right now, uh, as far as the stuff uh, I got going on the next few days. Follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. I'll keep you updated there uh guys everybody can go to twitch.tv slash fightful uh gaming uh jensen and joel will be doing mario cards i'll be on there probably tomorrow 
playing playing No Mercy. Everyone go to Fightful Overbooked. Check out all the content we have over there. More content coming. We got FMC with myself and SP3 tomorrow morning at 8.30. Caden will be there doing his uh, hockey penalty box talk uh, with, with myself and SP3. Uh, Share might make a run in. We have challenge talk as, as well. So all non-wrestling talk on FMC every Friday at 8.30. Uh, Day After Dynamite was on today. Garrett Kidney was the special guest with uh, Will Washington reviewing Dynamite. I made a run-in on that show explaining how Garrett got me in trouble with WWE. So everyone check that out and listen to that story and listen to the review of Day After Dynamite. What's up, Jensen? Now, one more thing before I don't want to forget. And I think you'll like this too. Okay. I wrote a video. It's on a YouTube channel called All Things MMA. It's about the career of Charles Oliveira. It came out the day after his last fight this past Saturday. So you might want to check it out because I know you're a big, long-time Charles Oliveira fan. And if you're an MMA fan, I think you'll really like that video. So check that out, All Things MMA. He looked great in that fight. My guy, Du Bronx, Charles Oliveira. Uh, that was a great fight. And same with um, uh, Tony Ferguson getting his face kicked. By, by Michael Chandler. That was a hell that was a hell of a finish. Poor Tony Ferguson. Ooh. All right, guys. We will be back next week. Reminder, next week, starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. That is our permanent time moving forward. Appreciate the support, everybody. Thanks again to Alex for joining us in the Creators Content. Catch you guys next week. Bye, everyone.